Traveling the Vortex. Sarah Jane Smith as she defends Earth because this is episode number 184 and the story goes on forever. I'm Keith. I'm sad. <laughs> it's a ha- it's supposed to be an up- up so soon. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be the up. It's supposed to be the that, uplifting. I was leaving that for the end because because it was so sad. And, and Sean's got a surfboard. I didn't know to think about it. <laughs> Sean was failed to be hypnotized. <laughs> I think he is. He's now hypnotized. on his surfboard, and he's going. This thing's just a piece of junk. <laughs> it's so user friendly. You want me to have Mr. Smith scan it for us? Yeah. Find out why that app's not open. <laughs> <laughs> just to catch the listener up. None of them were. I oh, stepped outside and I saw two heavenly bodies because I'm not sure one of them I think is a planet. And actually, in the night real sky. heavenly bodies in the sky, <laughs> not, not like Keith's neighbors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I asked Sean to come out and tell me what he thought they were, and he didn't know. And Keith came out, and he didn't know. Keith actually went to Google, didn't find Couldn't anything. Couldn't find anything. Sean downloaded an app for his iPad to, I don't know, called, what is it called? Night Sky? Sky Night? Uh, I don't know. I can't get it to open. <laughs> I, try, I just tried anyway, it won't open. Star Tracker Lite, best stargazing app to explore the dot, dot, dot. And it doesn't work. <laughs> Oceans. <laughs> I don't remember what the other one is. Where's the back button on these? I hate that you can't. He's so distracted by this, he can't even say who he is. <laughs> yeah, he Have still hasn't said no, who yeah. he is. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. <Sean>. Oh. <laughs> Uh, how are you guys? <laughs> Good. We know what Sean did this week. He tried to open an app. All it's Tuesday again. Again. <laughs> As it is every seven days. As it is every seven I, days. I, I suppose I should take the, the uh, bull by Maybe the horns on that one. Since it's, since it's my doing. Or not my doing, but... Uh, not exactly. My, my boss, wonderful man that he is, uh, is taking some well-deserved time off toward the end of the month. Uh, including a Monday, which means he will not be there to do paperwork Monday mornings, <coughs> that particular Monday morning. And we have a, a very specific report that's due that you have to turn into the DM by a certain time and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so he's decided that the last time he took a Monday off, it got goofed up. I was not there. I was not present for this. <laughs> uh, and so he wants me to do the paperwork, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But in order to get me up to speed on how to do said paperwork, he wants me there every Monday morning at 8 o'clock. Which, okay, that's like a normal 9 to 5 gig for most people. But when you <laughs> traditionally close on, well, you work. I work all day Sunday, and uh, then have to come back in and open, and then have to come back in. And close because I'm not working an opening shift. I'm actually working a closing shift on Mondays, so I have to get up and be there at eight and do the paperwork, and I have to be cognitive in order to run these reports and do these things. And then I leave, and then I come back to work my actual closing shift. Uh, Keyword so there being cognitive. Cognitive being the key word. So I decided that is that required at your job for this report? It it's is not at ours. <laughs> 
That's all you do is show up and go, what's in the news? Something depressing. <laughs> Thanks for watching. The end. That's pretty much it. I can produce the news. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for this particular one, I have to be cognitive. And so um, I decided it probably was not in our best interest for me at work to come here and podcast with you fine gentlemen until all hours of the night on Sunday night and then have to get up and be there on, you know, a scant three hours of sleep. Because it takes a lot of work and a lot of time to be this witty. I hope you all <laughs> listening really appreciate this. Because this is, let me tell you, you have no idea the production that goes into all this, making this work. So to wrap it up, all hate mail and complaints can be sent to Sean at TravelingTheVortex.com. Yeah, we'll be, no, re- we're, we'll be we're recording glad on Tuesdays. To, we're uh, glad to accommodate him. For, for the foreseeable month. Life, and hopefully we can get back on a regular schedule. Life sometimes gets in the way. Dang it, I'm not a fan of that. All right, should we move on to news? Oh, we went and talked about what we did this week. Anybody do anything fun? Let me go to my list. We watched the Planet of the Apes. Yes, we did. I'm going to go the first. Original? No, yeah, no. Oh, we watched uh, Rise of the Planet. I'm, I'm going to go first because this is really the only thing of note that I did all week long. Mel and I, we, we, we planned on it's joining a short podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hear it from you, Mister. I mowed my lawn, and then I went. I got a list this week. I had sixteen birthday I parties. I did a lot of stuff <laughs> last. Um, we, we planned on joining in for Rise um, with you guys on uh, Flicks with Friends, and um, didn't make it. Mel was a little late coming back. The, the holiday kind of threw things yeah. Uh, yeah, a, yeah. a little off, um, and since it was on d- different things happened on different days leading up to it. So she was a little late getting home, and she was like, "How come you didn't start?" And I was like, "Because I knew you wanted to watch it." Goober. <laughs> if I had started, you'd be yelling at me. Why did you start without me? If I don't start, you yell at me. Why didn't you start? I, I can't win. But uh, so we decided we're just going to hold off and wait from the standpoint that <laughs> we both kind of sort of wanted to you were watch. feeling a little sadistic the other yeah, day. Yeah, just, just a little bit. And it was funny. Um, who was it that sent that to us on Facebook, the Honest Trailer? It was me. Was it you that sent it? Yeah. And so now you don't have to watch it? it. Dang it. Oh my god, you haven't I watched it yet. Now. I posted it to your wall, yeah. Okay. Well, so Keith sent this honest trailer from Screen Junkies on the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes and said, there, spot now, on. now you don't have to watch any right. It is so spot on. And so we, I watched it and I laughed maniacally and went, yeah, why did I want to watch this? And then I showed it to Mel and she was like, oh, I think I remember part of this one. <laughs> this one wasn't very good. <laughs> so if she remembers it, you know, then it's, then that's something. So, um, <laughs> so you're going to tell me you talked yourself, but we talked ourselves into watching it <laughs> just on the basis of, well, I haven't seen it since the theater. I haven't either. And I thought, surely I, I remember liking parts of this. Surely this isn't as bad as I remember hating it. I remember really hating it. I remember coming out of the theater just really bummed, but I also remember liking parts it's of it. It's the ending that is <laughs> what leaves that sour taste in your mouth. So, and the fact that the humans talk. We we, oh, yeah, that too. We, we we got up to the point where we decided, well, because Mel has, <laughs> have you seen Memento? <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> She's got this short-term memory thing where she doesn't remember anything outside of like an eight-minute bubble. <laughs> anything outside of the, what did we do yesterday? I have no idea. She couldn't tell you. <laughs> but so we kind of wanted to be a little fresher on Rise going into Dawn. And are you guys expecting to see it this weekend? Yes, we're, okay. st- we're still going to work on we're going to watch Rise tomorrow, actually. Okay. But we thought, you know what? Let's go ahead and watch the Tim Burton one and get it out of the way, and then we'll watch Rise right before, so that we're you know a little fresher. She's like, yeah, because I don't want to watch this one and then go back and watch one that's not part of it and then come back to it because I'll get them confused. And I said, okay. 
So we sat down and watched Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Oh. <laughs> Where to begin with this thing? The Honest Movie Trailer. Go watch that so you don't have to watch it. Um, Sums it up. There are so many parts of this movie that could have worked. There's so much potential. There's so much stuff that was actually really kind of cool. The production design is amazing. I like all the spaceship stuff. Um, Rick Baker's makeup is A-grade phenomenal. Probably you the best part of the movie. So many really good actors beneath that ape makeup. They're putting in phenomenal performances. Paul it's a Gi- shame the humans don't act as well. <laughs> well as the that, honestly, that's one of the big issues. You've got Paul Giamatti. You've got David Warner. You've got, I mean, come on. This is a cast. Tim Roth, Tim Roth was, this is the thing, honestly, for as much heat uh, praise as we've heaped on Andy Serkis. Watching Tim Roth do it, and he hunched over and did the chimp walk through the whole movie in costume. Yeah, and Andy's got a little bit of uh, forgiveness from the standpoint that he can do it, and then they're going to paint over it digitally with Caesar, so they can fudge it a little bit if need be. Plus, he's wearing spandex, which I'm sure is much more comfortable, versus Tim Roth, who's probably sweating to death under the hair and the layers of makeup and everything like that, and he's out there through the whole movie doing it for real. Um, Really, really impressed again. I remember thinking that originally, how impressive his performance was. Um, now, unfortunately, Tim Burton does Tim Burton things like, oh, I mean, we had one ape jump through the air, really, and he decided that all the apes needed to jump through the air. <laughs> <laughs> because they can do that um, for some reason. You know, the, the honest screen trailer kind of complains about the fact that they repurposed the dialogue. I like that. I thought that was really cool. That Oh, and, and to be fair, Rise does the same thing, just puts it at least in a different context. Yeah. But, I mean, when you get Charlton Heston... To come back and play an ape? That's got to be worth something, right? The movie falls apart with this horrendous... It's, it's got this really cool idea of a plot that kind of takes the original and, and, and twists around, but it just doesn't work. And then, Marky Mark. <laughs> God love him for trying. The, I'm, I'm sorry, Marky Mark is not a leading actor. Period. He just he just isn't. He's, he doesn't he's, he's have, a Michael Bay actor. He doesn't have. I don't even know that. I haven't seen Transformers, so but I, he doesn't have what but it takes. It, that's what I mean. He doesn't. He can do a Michael Bay movie because he doesn't have to have that depth. <laughs> <laughs> the only movie I've seen him in, well, Ted being a notable exception, but I think Ted plays to his strengths, which is dumb comedy. Well, the only movie I've seen him in that I liked was The Italian Job, but yet he's surrounded by other good people in that one. This one, they surrounded him with a bunch of, uh, these are human characters we're supposed to care about and we don't, and it, it just goes on and on and on, and we get all of this stuff about this eight political debates, and it, I mean, it was cool in the original because they'd give you a piece of it and then move away. No, we have a whole dinner conversation talking about welfare states and, uh, bored, <laughs> move on, and, you know, so it just, it just doesn't work. And it's really kind of a shame. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is, you guys remember Batman Returns? Uh Uh-huh. Which was supposed to have this big, epic... It's the sequel, so it's got to have a bigger scope, right? Big, big, epic nature. But instead, we built one gargantuan set. And all of the action, if it wasn't at Wayne Manor, takes place in that courtyard where we've got the department stores on that corner, the mayor's office is on that corner, the zoo's over there. I mean, it's all centered around that Christmas tree. And it feels like it's very claustrophobic instead of opening up. I mean, it's an amazing set, but it's just, it's all the stuff's right there. 
this kind of feels the same way. Ape City doesn't have that amazing no, breadth no. of it. it. It's all there or at the spaceship at the end. And neither one of well, it's those. It's all done at night, too. Most of the yeah, chunk most of, most that, of most Ape, Ape City is all done at night. So. And um, so it's just real unfortunate. And so it ended, and I, I was actually a little surprised. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I remembered hating it. Now, is it a good movie? No. No, I'm not in any way endorsing. <laughs> it, it is of the six Planet of the Apes movies that we have watched. It is at the bottom of that. I mean, I like Beneath better than I like this one. This one's just far, and it's one of those misguided, what were you thinking, remakes. But it's, it does have some redeemable qualities. And then there's the ending. Which, <laughs> in fairness to the filmmakers, they did set up, which I didn't really catch the first time around because of the fact that the chimp leaves the space station and disappears, and he goes in pursuit and lands on the planet and has his whole adventure, and then the chimp shows up later. So they kind of telegraphed what was going to happen there. Right. That's all right there in the movie. But it still doesn't make any sense. No. Time doesn't travel in a straight line through a... That was their fix. Yeah. And then the whole, you know... Okay, the, so the apes are all descendants of the ones from the... Spoilers, by the way, if you haven't seen this. The apes are all descendants from the ones on the spaceship because it crashes there. Okay, that's kind of cool. Where the humans come from? Yeah. Were there humans already on this planet? And the apes subjected them? Uh, or because them? they made it clear that this is not Earth. Yeah, it's not Earth. It's got multiple moons. It's got multiple things. And the video log that he watches of the crash, she makes the comment that whatever the chimp was that rose up and took over the apes pretty much kills everybody. I mean, you hear it on screen where yeah. she's going, they're at the door, they've got weapons, they ah! <laughs> And that's the end of the, you know. So apparently the chimps killed all of the humans on the spaceship. So the humans that are there are not the descendants of the ones that were on the spaceship. <laughs> Where did the humans come from? I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things I probably shouldn't think too much well, about because it's going to make my brain The more hurt, you but, think about the film, the more it falls apart. Yeah, that's really, really the way, like you, I said, phenomenal. If you can turn your mind off while watching it, you could probably enjoy well, it. Well, not, not even to that extent. Because there's, like I said, there's, there's, there's some big, dry, boring parts. And then Marky Mark shows up, and you're waiting for him to be the hero, and he's not. He's not likable for the entire he's not, He doesn't want to be the hero. He doesn't want to be the hero. And, and, and he fights hard against it, too. And it's different from Taylor. when Because Charlton Heston's an anti-hero. He's not a Well, there's one yeah. thing to have a reluctant hero, and yeah. then there's another thing to have just a really non-hero through the whole movie. Well, he, he, when, when Charlton Heston shows up, he's kind of an unlikable character. To start off with. But then his support group is taken away from him, and it's him versus the apes. Right, right. So you're rooting for him despite yourself. And he becomes a likable character. Marky Mark goes through this whole movie with this group of support that we're supposed to like and don't. And, and stupid motivation. And stupid motivation for things. And we, we At keep, least Charlton Heston had logical yeah, motivations. We keep waiting for that moment when he's going to rally the humans and fight the apes. And it never gets there. His big sis boom raw speech at the end is, We can do this, okay? That's it? That's what you've got for me? The ape army is massing and running at full speed across the plains, and you come back on your horse and go, okay, guys, we can do this, all right? A we will not go quietly into the night moment, this isn't. <laughs> it just doesn't work. So that was what we did. I'll let you know I get mine in the mitts in the mail because being the completest that I am, <laughs> did you I ordered one, so... Actually, I went to Best Buy to pick up the one that they have on sale for seven ninety nine, and it was the vanilla version. And like nothing, no extras, oh, no comment nothing, card, huh? no comment. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't open it. No index um, card explaining. And how I this thought, works. you know, and it's got big old splashed up. 
pig, picture of Marky Mark on the cover, and I thought in a and an ape way down the corner, and I thought if I'm going to get this and it's vanilla, I'd rather have an ape on the cover <laughs> than Marky Mark. But, Did you buy the two disc special or whatever? Or? I think that's what I got. Yeah. Anyway, I remember Clark Duncan's in it. He's yeah, you he's know, good. I love Paul Giamatti. He's so oozily creepy. <laughs> And uh, the, the Honest Movie trailer really nails it. An ape in a Paul Giamatti suit. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's Paul Giamatti. Just, he, he, there's no hiding that. <clears throat> David Warner, I didn't recognize at first. Yeah, I, I kept staring at him going, I know this guy. I know this guy. I know this guy. But Paul Giamatti's Paul Giamatti. But he's so fun. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, so that was kind of what we did. So we're going to watch Rise tomorrow. Nice. We did Rise and then Tarzan the night before, or two nights before, which was fun. I love that movie. It so was much. serendipity that that showed up on the. Oh, she, I let her know that it showed up on Netflix, and that's why she planned it. More apes, more apes. Because <laughs> she had the, had it scheduled like a month ago, but then they announced what they were releasing in July, and I was like, "Oh, look, it's going to be added." We, we we had a funny story. We actually had to put Katrina in bed because I had the the Blu-ray in of Rise all set and ready to go to jump in with you guys. And Katrina, when Mel got home wandered into the living room and got real excited over Baby Caesar in the box. <laughs> the menu just loops yeah. and loops and loops. And then he would go away and she would be like... <clears throat> and then he'd open the box and Caesar would be there. And she'd just light up. <laughs> and then it would go away. And she'd sit down. And then Baby Caesar would show up in the box and she got all excited again. Well, then we decided to switch. So we put the other ape movie in. <laughs> and she was like, Ape? He's like, yeah, we're going to watch Ape. Uh, maybe you don't want to watch this ape movie. <laughs> and I'm watching the trailer for Tim Burton's one. I'm like... Yeah, it's time for you to go to bed. <laughs> so, other than that, uh, I watched like all of Sarah Jane on Wednesday. Uh, Sarah's now into season two of Buffy, so we've been watching. I watched more of that with her. I still need to watch the finale and the premiere. She watched those without me today. Um, and then I also watched uh, In a World. <laughs> It was really good. Well, I think you would really like it, Sean. You know anything about mm-hmm. it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, like it's about the, the girl that wants to be a yeah, uh, it's about the, voiceover. It's based off the fact that Don LaFontaine has passed, and this new company wants to reboot the phrase, and they're looking for a new voice. And so she and her, actual, her dad in the movie, uh, who's kind of like getting a Lifetime Achievement Award and stuff, and another guy are all trying to get it and it's kind of there's a lot of awkward humor in it which most of the time I don't like but this one was fairly charming uh, Rod Cordry I think that's how you say his name usually Corduroy. I don't like him in any of the movies like he normally plays a role where you're not supposed to like him but find him funny still I actually kind of liked him in this so it was nice to see kind of a, a different role for him uh, like Bill she wrote it and directed it and starred in it. Did a really good job with it all. So I would highly recommend it. I'll have to watch that one. Yeah, I think, uh, Sean, I think you especially would really like it. Uh, it's kind of predictable, but, you know, what do you expect? It's not earth-shaking or anything, but it's it's a solid, independent film. And then the other thing is uh, we had a power bump Sunday and my desktop computer died. Oh, no. Yeah. It was oh. enough of a bump that the TV recycled, the PlayStation stayed on. The modem and the router reset, and what day was it? Sunday. Oh, so storm night. It was before no, the storm. storm it was in the afternoon. Last night, wasn't it? it was middle afternoon. Oh, we had a storm on Sunday in the morning, though, didn't we? 
Oh no, we had one. Do we have one on Sunday night? No, I don't think we did. Yeah, I don't I think we did it was a weird thing too because Patrick, his computer was still on when he got home. We had one overnight. So it's not like Friday into Saturday. It's almost like it was just our either floor or apartment. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I even was are the guys working on the? <laughs> oh, this could be squirrels. We we our lights have been flickering more and more lately. Well, it, maybe it is. Then working down be. there in that other complex yeah. down the way. Uh, reason so, I have to park on the street every time I come <laughs> over here because there's so many people parking on this end. <clears throat> so I finally, I, I messed with it Sunday night, and then last night, uh, our, I asked, picked our IT guy at work's brain about it, brought home a power supply to test out to see if it was that. Still wouldn't boot Sunday. up, so I'm just going to the IT shop in the sky. That's too bad. Luckily, all of my music videos and pictures were on an external hard drive. Nothing was saved to the desktop itself. The only thing that was there was programs. So, I don't know if I'm going to try to recover anything from the memory or not. But now just resetting up my... uh, (laughs) Now I have to set up my uh, laptop to do iTunes. Because I had iTunes, but I didn't have it doing anything. It was just when I needed to load something. But now I need it... So I can update my podcast and everything. That's right. the bigger issue. So I'll be doing that in the next few days, too. I hate iTunes. <laughs> What'd you do? Let me get my list back up here. <laughs> uh, I won't spend too much time, but uh, I've been watching... Uh, there's a uh, show that played on Sky... Sky TV over in the UK a couple of years ago. It was 2010, maybe. Maybe it was 2012. I can't remember for sure. Anyway, it's called uh, An Idiot Abroad. You guys heard of that? What's the name of it? Oh, An Idiot yeah. Abroad. Oh, it's, okay. uh, it's Ricky, on Netflix. Ricky Gervais. Right? And, Ricky Gervais, uh, Stephen Merchant, and Warwick Carl, Carl Pilkerton. No. Pil- okay. Pilkerton. I'm thinking of a different one. Pickle. Pil- Pilkerton. Uh, anyway, the idea, the concept of it is it's kind of a um, travel documentary, but it's Ricky and Stephen, and they send Carl... For each episode, they send him to one of the seven wonders of the world. And they plan his trip, and I don't know if you guys know who Carl Pickleton is. Pinkerton. Mm-hmm. I'm saying his name wrong here. Pinkerton. Pickle- Pinkerton. No R's. Pilkington. Pilkington, thank you. I knew there was an L in there somewhere. <laughs> Carl Pilkington. Um, he's... <laughs> A writer, apparently. It's hard to... Well, yeah. He, they, he's, they're all very, very good friends. In fact, they used to do... Uh, the first time I'd ever heard of him, they used to do the Ricky Gervais show, which was a podcast that all three of them did. And the the basis of the podcast was they would throw out topics and ideas, and Carl would just wax lyrical about things. But he he has such a like negative look on life, and he has like his factual information on things or things that I think mostly he supposes and not necessarily factual information. But anyway. Um, Ricky's point in the in the show is he's sending him because it's a practical joke. He just he, lo- he loves picking on Carl and making him do things that he doesn't want to do. And Stephen, his idea is that he wants Carl to expand his mind because he's kind of a everything he knows is in his little microcosm uh, in the UK. So they they send him and they're absolutely hilarious. The things that they get Carl into are just just 
funny. And it's, it, you know, you watch a travel show and it's one thing. You know, you, they're, they're all cookie cutters of, you know, oh, telling yeah. about these different sites. This is all from Carl's point of view. So there's, there's very little information going into it as to where he's at. Oh. And you really kind of learn from his experiences. Um, they went to the Yucatan. He went to the, the last one I watched, he went to the Yucatan uh, Incan Pyramids. Oh, the yeah. two guys yeah. toured down in Mexico. Um, he's done, so far I've only watched three or four episodes, but he went to the Great Wall of China first. Um, <laughs> and he's, they're saying, you know, he's, every every time they set up with him all sitting in, in Ricky's office, and he's like, they're telling him where he's going, and he'll, he'll give his Carl Pilkerton, Pil, Pil, uh, Carl, Carlisms about things, and uh, he says, you know, what if I go there, and I, I, you know, they make me eat toad. And he goes, and then what happens if I like get a taste for it, and then I come back and I can't get towed anywhere? <laughs> so it's little things like that. Um, and the funny thing is, so Ricky sets up so that he ends up going somewhere and has to eat <laughs> Oh, man. You really should watch it. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, he's done Taj Mahal, the Incan Pyramids, and what was the other one that I saw? Maybe I've only seen three. Oh, uh, no, the last one I watched, actually, he went to um, Petra. Hmm. So... Uh, anyway, that's a, that's a lot of fun, and, and I'm kind of plowing through them. I just started last week, and I'm kind of just plowing through them because they're absolutely hilarious. Uh, the other things that I did, I, uh, I listened to the Second Doctor audio. Well, it's not an audio. It was actually an episode, a story, uh, The Highlanders, because oh. I was curious to find out you know, how Jamie started and where he came from. So, um, And that was really good, and, and I'll, I'll save any sort of review for when we actually get it on our show, but I figured it'll be years down the road, and I was kind of – Interested because last year I had listened to Power of the Daleks, which was uh, Troughton's first story, and so I thought, well, maybe I'll just kind of work my way through the Troughtons that, that are you know yeah. missing, and because I like to do the audios because of the linking narration, and, and Fraser Hines does the linking narrations for this one, so uh, and quite enjoyable. Um, not the best uh, Troughton story, but interesting and, and and purely from a historical perspective there's no mm. there's no science fiction in this at all except wow. for the fact that they show up in the TARDIS. So. Oh, on that point it's pretty rare for yes yeah, yeah. historical absolutely or would that mark that might have marked the end very last it might have been the scene. very last because Hartnell still had because I can't, historical I can't think of another Troughton that does have only historical aspects well, the other thing is, I don't know how much of this one you would consider historical, quote-unquote historical, because it's, it's, I would call it more period, because I wasn't familiar. Well, that doesn't mean it's not historical, but I wasn't familiar. <laughs> At least anything that we've seen that were considered, quote-unquote, historical pieces, was I was at least familiar with you yeah. know, the, the, the surrounding, some of the surrounding characters. Um, this one, I, I, I didn't recognize anybody, except for maybe the king and the prince that, mm. that they talk about. Uh, the other thing I did, continuing my fascination with uh, Sarah Kingdom, <laughs> I also listened to uh, Dalek, The Destroyers, which is a lost story. And the setup for this is um, back in the 1960s, Terry Nation decided that he wanted to approach the BBC about doing a Daleks spinoff series from Doctor Who. And they pretty much negotiated the, the uh, series uh, I think they, he had gotten a pilot written, and in the 11th hour, the BBC backed out and said that they weren't going to do it. So in the interim, as a result, they had written the Daleks out of Doctor Who, and I think Evil of the Daleks was the last story that they were in until they returned um, in the Pertwee era. And the 
So Terry Nation, because he owned those rights to the Daleks, decided to go to the U.S. and court the story here, the, the show here. And it was already in pilot, you know, development stage, and he thought he could sell it to the U.S. and couldn't couldn't do it here, um, even even based on the popularity that had kind of spilled over to the U.S. in the 1960s of the Daleks. Anyway, the story follows. There's some been some changes in it, but the story follows Sarah Kingdom, but prior to uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Who. And a team and her companions are, are her fellow uh, space security uh, agents are Mark 7, who's an android, and another guy that I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Anyway, it's uh, this story was actually recreated, or uh, a retcon was made by Loose Cannon, or uh, Loose, yeah, Loose, is it Loose Cannon? Yeah, Loose, Loose Cannon Cannons. Um, productions, they did a five-minute reconstruction from uh, Telesnaps or something. I haven't seen it. Um, just kind of to, to put it out there, say this is what it was. And then several years ago, Big Finish took Terry Nation's script and reworked it and made an audio story. So it has become a lost uh, story, part of their Lost Story series. It's actually in the Second Doctor box set. Apparently, because there weren't a lot of Second Doctor and Lost stories. I mean, that aren't really lost, and meaning episodes that were done. So that means we've actually had four attempted spinoffs. We would have had a Dalek show, um, like Dalek's Canine Company, company yeah. and then uh, Torchwood and Sergeant. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, and there was another Canine series in the. No, we don't count that Late one. Late 2000s. <laughs> Wouldn't count that one. Okay. Um, anyway, so... Uh, it's not continuity. That everything one, else would have been. Right, yeah. Right. That's, um, that's why I don't... Just, just so that we're clear, it's not that it's bad. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Our library it, actually has deep copies of the It is part of the continuity, though. Oh. Yeah. I thought I read somewhere that it wasn't. No, it, 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 they jump it forward, but it's like K9 Mark 22 or something. And there's a whole setup in the first episode. Supposedly, this is what I read. There's a setup in the first episode that's... Quasi ties it into the canine that we know. But I, I thought they also sold. It was sold in a way that you can't. They didn't. They can't legally say the name. Doctor oh, was that right? Or any, yeah. yeah. Well, they probably did, they probably didn't pay for those rights. Yeah. But, yeah. So it's it's loose continuity yeah. if it is. Anyway, so lost stories. Uh, Dalek the Destroyers. Uh, Jean Marsh. Uh, performs as uh, Sarah Kingdom. She does narration in it to kind of mm. paint a picture of what's going on. And then she plays that character, and then there's there's two or three other actors. And then it's got Daleks, so it's exciting. The, neat, the, 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 the thing about I it, though, so. is is as a standalone story, it's really not that great because it's they. I think they tried to stay as true to the pilot script as they did, as they could, and so it really feels like a setup to a uh, series yeah. that doesn't go anywhere. But... In doing that, they also worked it in such a way that it's it kind of works as a setup to Mission to the Unknown and Dalek Master Plan. Mm. So you, if you kind of if you kind of think of it that way, as you put your mind that that, that your mindset as you're listening to it, then you, it, it it kind of makes it work. So mm. uh, what else to do? And then of course I missed um, Tarzan, which I apologize for. I think I just it was on my radar early, and then I'd forgotten about that night. <laughs> Um, the, on the 4th, we did uh, – the reason I didn't join in uh, Friday Night Who is because on the 4th, because I had to work until 11, uh, the kids and Holly waited for me to come home. Oh, yeah. And so we came home and did some fireworks um, out in our front yard. I did absolutely nothing 4th-related on the 4th. <laughs> I even had pizza for dinner. Is that right? 
That's a good old American. Oh, no. wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least so, it was frozen pizza. Fourth of July was fireworks, and then uh, Saturday we went to my nephew's birthday party in Kansas City, uh, which was a lot of fun. And then Saturday night did Rise with you guys, and Holly loved it. She thought it was she really? Yeah, she good. really liked it. Had she not seen it? She hadn't seen oh, it. Oh, wow. yeah. Is she now stoked for uh, Dawn? I think she's excited. We went right immediately afterwards. We watched the trailer because she hadn't even seen the trailer for Dawn. And she, I say she she was excited after she saw Rise. After I showed her Dawn, she became very skeptical because she said it, it, it's a completely different yeah. feel for the film. And I said, yeah, I, said, I, I can see where somebody that enjoyed not knowing anything about the planet. I mean, she knows the, the mythos of it, but she just yeah. she's never seen the movies. I think she said she'd seen the first one years ago when she was a kid. Um, or most of it, parts of it. And uh, so she she really liked it, but then I think when I showed her, the, she, realizing there's such a, a shift in oh, the mood yeah. and the tone and the everything, she was, I think she was, I think that turned her off a little now. bit, but she still wants to see it, to see where they go with it. Do you guys know there's a prequel book out now? I did not. Oh, wait a minute. Did you, you posted that somewhere? I think Somebody I tweeted about that it. Somewhere. Maybe that's what There's it a couple of uh, prequel shorts, too. Yeah, there's a, a couple of prequel, uh, prequel short films, uh, mock documentary. But there's an actual novel that was released. It looks really good. Cool. It looks like it's all from uh, the ape perspective, whereas the short films are human perspective. So kind of two different sides. Cool. I'm really looking forward to reading the book once I see the movie. <laughs> uh, and then Sunday was kind of a lazy day. I mowed the backyard, <laughs> but with a purpose. Uh, I went to, to find the it was so hot that day, and of course we don't have a backyard for a swimming pool, or I'd have gone and bought the kids a swimming pool. I went to uh, the store and I bought them a slip and slide, because ah. I had one as a kid, and I thought, you know, I used to like that. And they were out there for hours playing on them. Now, the part of the problem was, we've got such a sloped yard that if you ran it with, or <laughs> not, if you ran it against, or not against the slope, if you, slant, if you ran it opposite of the slope, you would run and you'd slide and slide off the side of it. And so we ran it down the slope, uh, which ended up working. But the problem was the all fence? the water. No, no, oh. we, we've got a hedge, so oh, even okay. if they ran into it, it wouldn't have done much damage. But, but the slope <laughs> face first into a hedge pulls all the water downhill, so the top of the slide doesn't get hardly yeah. any water. Yeah, and so they would have to run quite a ways down the slide. Well, then Caitlin later figured out that she'd go down there and just like get herself all wet and then run up to the top and then do it. <laughs> she could do it, so. Anyway, they got to experience something that I thoroughly enjoyed when I was a kid. So, that was it. Yeah, I really have to be careful and move all the rocks. I I, we, we, had it, we actually moved it several places to try, and I had moved it to one spot that I, I knew it would, it would work well, and we could even get some gravity working for us, and unfortunately, that's where the worst part of the yard was. And the first couple of times the kids went down it, like, this is way too rough. And so we moved it, and we started picking out. It wasn't even rocks. It was, it was just grass clumps that were yeah. just, you know, in, in such a way. And so we started trying to see if we could clear that out, and we couldn't. So then we ended up shifting it and finally found a pretty decent spot. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, you have to be careful of those rocks. Many a... Uh, rocks, bricks. Stomach scars bottles. from uh, <laughs> <laughs> debris in the yard. Uh, these kids today, they got it soft. When I was their age, we used to go down and, you know, it was a game to see if you could avoid the rocks. It was tobogganing. We used to set it up in a gravel pit. <laughs> And then we got Rock out the metal-tipped lawn darts. <laughs> <laughs> and hucked them at each other. 
And we got into a Roman candle. You know those circles you were supposed to throw them into? Ah, we threw those away and threw them at each other. If you could catch it, you won. We used to wear those around our necks. (laughs) Keith's lost. He has no idea. I know a lot of those. What are jarts? (laughs) Jarts. I still have a set of metal tipped ones. Do you? I do. Are they legal? No. If they're there, they're pretty. Oh, man. My pad's crashing here again. I did this on a document earlier. This app is infecting. <laughs> get your get your infected iPad away from mine. I don't want to get catch anything. Oh no, and all my stuff's gone. Oh no, it's not. It's back. All right, so should we move on to news? Uh, one more thing. My What's mom is now in uh, series seven ah. of the show. Uh, I went over in mode, and uh, she really liked Doctor the Widow in the Wardrobe. I thought it was sad. It was sad. And so I made sure she watched Pond Life. I hadn't heard from her since then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She was kind of trepidatious about Asylum of the Daleks, just because she doesn't like the Daleks. So I don't know if she's watched it yet or not. But I kind of told her that it was... There are Daleks in it, but it's not really... It's kind of like Dalek light in a way. Because they're not... Which is weird, considering it's got every Dalek yeah. ever. But it, I, I was also kind of explaining to her, well, when we get to Classic Who, I'm thinking she should watch Genesis of the Daleks, even though she doesn't like them. <laughs> just because it's kind of a dalek light story. It's about their creation, so it's kind of... I can't think ill of your mother for not liking Daleks because she doesn't like the Cybermen and you're her son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like the... Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking when I'm, I'm I'm formulating a plan of starting her in the classic who with an adventure in space and time. I got an idea. And then the first episode. I got an idea. Just go do it in order. <laughs> all, all <of> don't, <laughs> don't jump her all over the no, vortex I, like I, we've been doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to set her through... Learn from our experiment. <laughs> I, I have. I'm, I'm, we're going to go in order through the doctors before she can watch the 50th anniversary. So she, one doctor, one story from each doctor. Learn from our mistakes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I maintain we didn't we didn't screw anything up, other than the one thing that we've screwed up. I, I have to. I, probably I mean. more love for some of these stories than other people do mm. because of how you guys have done it. Maybe. So I'm, I'm, but I'm created thinking, a monster. So, he likes yeah, the yeah, yeah. He likes Candyman. He likes Ghostlight. What's wrong with this? On guy? the other hand, we introduced him. Sort of the way we did. I mean, we started with a doctor and went from point A to point B and then jumped around. Yeah. And that's what he did. Is he started with a doctor, went from point A to B, and then jumped around. So and Jumped around in between there, too. Though. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe that's why we did that. <laughs> Instinctually. It's, it's what we know. <laughs> yeah. that's, how you, that's how you do it. Well, back in the day, it wasn't available on DVD. If or you're Netflix, American, that's how was, you do it. Yeah, it was, where, where, where can I get it? What have you got? I'll take uh-huh. that one. Okay. Yes. <laughs> What is a fascinating thing about reading uh, Chickstig Time Lords, other than the fact that it was really interesting to to see a female perspective on, on my fandom, uh, it was – I knew that – I think I know this, but it, it's just – it brings more to light in my mind the idea that there was such an underground the, – the, the reason why this show survived is because not only in the UK, there was such an underground group, groups of people – there were huge fans that continued to drive this throughout the wilderness years, yeah. and and even in the hiatus, you know, in, in the in the Sixth Doctor's era, and it's. I think it, what's most fascinating to me about it is the fact that I grew up in BFE Kansas, 
where nobody knew what the heck this thing was but me. And I could had no access to any outside information as far as it. Every once in a while, I'd glean little pieces from magazines and would find target novelizations every once in a while. But I was so isolated from all of this that was going on. And you, you really had to be near the big cities. You had to be in Chicago. You had to be in New York. You had to be in, in you know, somewhere they got WGN. Be, you had to be in those places. Well, we had WGN, but really? yeah, but it WGN. never it never ran. Now, Doctor Who was never on WGN. I, I don't know why people WGN. say that. Oh, okay, good. Because I've heard somebody else tell me that too. Uh, we had. Well, I don't know. We had, had WGN. So I don't know if it was. We on had WGN out of uh, which I was. That was weird. There was a WGN in Denver, I think it was, and there was a WGN in Chicago. We had them both. <laughs> that doesn't seem possible, but West. it was. Um, anyway, so just reading this, it's just it, it still continues to amaze me that there was such a swell of people here that were fans, and I wish I, I, I feel like I missed out on knowing those people. I mean, we're obviously living it now, but yeah. I, I feel like I missed out on all but this, it's and I, it's I a read, very different way now. It is. It is. A, it's a much different way, but I just. <laughs> it's amazing to read to read some of those stories in there, and they talk about you know the fanzines and the the, the bootleg copies that somebody yeah. knew somebody that knew somebody that lived in the UK, and so they would get it over here, and they would had to convert it. Somebody had a converter to convert it from PAL to NTSB, uh, NTSB C. C NTSC, and you know just the and and the by the time you made copies of copies of copies, the picture was so degraded, but you didn't care, and I just. <laughs> It was. It's. A, it's. It amazing. wasn't all that different from watching it on WGN later. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's amazing. Just the. Yeah. I don't know where I got, I got off on that tangent. Well, we live in in charmed times. We've kind of said oh. it before that this is a good time to be a Who fan, and as we kind of marveled, you know, how many fandoms can have their fiftieth anniversary and get a new episode. Yeah. I mean, not me, but yet to to especially knowing where we came from yeah. to to have that. Where there is that, as you as you read some of the accounts, and you go, did that? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> went yeah. there. Yeah, I re- yes, I absolutely did that one. And so that mm-hmm. you kind of have that, you know, you, uh, you gonna, I missed you, out on you, all you, that. You, you are the 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 2010 children. You're the Roy Shaw really talks. He says our children will know a sky with two sons. You're one of those. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, There's your obscure reference of the night. And, and I mean, I knew that that, that, that was what it was like in the, in the UK, even all these years learning about it. It's just the more I learn about how much it was here, it's just I, I'm flabbergasted at my naivety. My na- what's the word? Naivety. Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> I thought I had an A. It was a little more exotic sounding, no? Naivete. Yeah, that one. <laughs> naivete. Um for years, I just assumed Doctor Who was made in <laughs> Kansas City. Because that's, where I, broadcast. that's <laughs> where I broadcast out of. It was a KCPT show. And then I showed it on you know, KTW or somebody else would get it and was like, oh, well, apparently it's a public television show. It's like Sesame Street. <laughs> that's how, you know, that's how it comes. It comes from, I had no idea. And then finally gleaned onto the fact that, no, it's actually from England and they bring it over and import and stuff. Well, then it became this huge, I got to go to England because there's got to be Doctor Who stuff on every street corner. <laughs> you know, P- 
people would... T- I, I, I had a friend, so I'm going to England. I said, bring me back something Doctor Who. And they came back and said, we couldn't find it. And I refused to believe them. <laughs> this was the 80s. I'm pretty sure the show had been canceled. This point. It didn't matter. I refused to believe it. like, yeah, no. Well, it's, it's still 1989. It's got to be in every corner drugstore and Walmart <laughs> and all these places over there, right? There's probably a huge thing. The TARDIS on that You just missed it. You had to have not seen it. So... Well, the best now story. it is that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change it a little bit more. But one of the best stories in uh, Chicks Dead Time War Hordes was the, the woman that was recounting the fact that when she was a kid, she was very young, four or five years old, her mom gave they put a TV in her room, but they told her that she could only watch PBS. And so they, they actually took the knob off the TV and set it on PBS. And the reason being is because anything on PBS... What's true? What's real? <laughs> because in mom's summation of PBS, it was Nova and, and all these yeah. different documentary shows and things like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Anything before six o'clock was dream. was was no was fantasy. So Sesame Street and those kind of things. Oh yeah. Out. Anything after six o'clock was real because that's when the documentary shows and things like that would. So. Doctor Who started at 6 o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> so she thought, well, it's after that 6 o'clock hour, so this must really be true. So she thought the Doctor was real. Sarah Jane was real. They traveled through time. It's wonderful to read her experience with it. The fact that I was, you know... I can't when, imagine the crushing feeling that she had when she well, found when people out. died. Well, it was that like, too. Oh. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Sarah left and went off to the sea. That 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 that's worth reading the entire book for just for that one story. The whole book is great, but gosh, that was just funny. Okay, move on. It's like Galaxy so, Quest. You don't think Hilligan's Island is real? Those poor people. <laughs> All right, what's the news? So, well, hold on. Going back to my oh, original sorry. topic, we did tangent I, I, from I, here. I'm on the fence on if. I want to show my mom just the first episode or the first whole story. Yeah, I just told you what to do. <laughs> the caveman I, episode? Yeah. Because uh. uh, even the second episode has some great establishing stuff. You know, we... I'm, we I'm, have, I'm thinking just the we whole... We have always said on this show that you really just want to show that first story, that first episode <laughs> on Air and Earth Trial, but deep down that's not true for me. I, I think, I think deep it, as, as, as crappy as the rest of that story is, and it's not that bad. And even but as, as, as poor as the, the rest of that story is, and how epic the first sto- the first episode of that story is, I just if I gave somebody an unearthly child, I'd expect them to watch from beginning to end. My only worry is her getting slightly discouraged with the, all the caveman stuff. Yeah, well, and then not wanting uh, to necessarily continue. In, in that case, don't give that to her first. Well, yeah, that's true. You can, and, you can and have give, her watch. give it the caveat that hey, there's a lot of good Hartnell stuff out yeah. there, much better than that. You, you can have her watch the first episode, and then and then stop and say, okay, so this really is the highlight of this. If you want to continue because you're curious about where what the happens, cavemen, you know, they're, they're cavemen, and uh, <laughs> you know, a good knife. And if you're curious Granted, about my that, my mother is like some of these stories I did not expect her to like, so. She might like this. <laughs> Probably the best thing ever. They peaked in episode one. I don't know why they kept going. <laughs> I, I, those, those cavemen should have had their own show. I, I wish I could remember where it was. I read years ago, but somebody defending the the entire the rest of it. Yeah, you know, the entire story, and, and 
how it really is better than people make it out. I, I think it probably is. It's just live, trying. It doesn't live up to that first episode. The next three parts, you yeah. can't. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Nothing. Well, Genesis of the Daleks wouldn't live up to the first uh, yeah, episode. See here, here again though. We have the disadvantage of looking at this story through eyes that have seen other who. Yeah. Oh, that's true. If this was the first that's time ever, that's you had I, ever seen yeah. anything. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it would just be like this. Maybe I'll go back to my. Maybe uh, I'll just have her watch all start of it. from the beginning. Uh, but I'm definitely thinking for Troughton, uh, the mind robber. I think that's right up her alley. She would really like it because she's very literary. I'm not sure on per tweet. My instinct is to go with Time Warrior because she likes the Suntarans. But part of me doesn't want to because there's not enough brig in that. <laughs> and you kind of need that. Uh, so if anybody has suggestions on three on, obviously we know what eight is going to be. Uh, so from three to seven, <laughs> if you have suggestions have of what my mom should... Uh, well, I'm going to make her watch that at the doctor before the 50th, <laughs> so that's not a question. What she should watch, let me know. Send in some feedback or tweet me. All right. There's your challenge for the week, listeners. Because I'm fairly certain she will be... A po- it'll be... Here before I know it. All right, let's <laughs> I haven't thought about didn't it enough. Have that discussion once before already. Let's move but on nobody sent anything, so I'm asking again. <laughs> What's up first, Keith? We got a new trailer. Twenty seconds. Yeah, it's not true. <laughs> teaser. Another teaser. More of a trailer a than second a teaser. teaser. <laughs> a third teaser, I guess. A I should say if we count that first, uh, yeah. first piece of junk. <laughs> so there's dialogue in this one. Pretty interesting. Do we, do we think it's Stavros, or do we I think it's a Dalek? Well, there's, maybe I haven't seen this I one. think it's there's a red hair. You haven't seen that one? Maybe the I haven't hearts, seen that one. The, the two hearts? The, when he looks like he's getting shot. I see shocked. into your... Oh, no, I haven't. This I see one into me. your soul, Doctor. You haven't seen that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fire it up. We'll wait. <laughs> uh, I think it's a red herring. I think it's probably going to end up. I think it's a, it's a Dalek, clearly, but I think I don't think it's going to be Davros. I think it's going to be. I, th- I think it's too soon to bring, bring Davros back. back. I mean, if you're going to bring somebody back, bring the Master back first. Don't you know? I just yeah. if you're going to bring somebody back that's already been brought back in the first series, I think Davros is too easy. Um, I think it'll probably be a Dalek Emperor that we haven't ever seen. You know, we I mean, since the beginning we haven't seen the Emperor. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Despite even uh, okay, Silent sure, the Daleks, sure. we didn't get that. So maybe. <laughs> wow. It's a bit Davros esque, but I, I, I almost I, think, I think they've done that purposefully. I almost think it's just a promotional for the show that <laughs> has nothing to do with no, the plot. nothing to do with the plot of any of the episodes. I I would be that's honestly what I think. There might be a Dalek story, but it's going to have nothing to that. It's just this cool. Oh, that's a cool idea, teasing to the dark side of this new Doctor. Okay, yeah. yeah. You will have to disagree. <laughs> because I don't, because I'll have to disagree. You, I, I don't know that that dialogue is lifted straight from an episode that we're going to see. I don't. Yeah, but I, I think don't. it's very heavy-handed in the sense, sense that we should expect the Daleks to return and to be uh, an integral point uh, of this. Of this, because I, I, if you do something like this in marketing, and then you don't pull through, pull, uh, pull through with it, follow through with it, then you'll have you'll, you'll disappoint a lot of people. 
they're going to run there, away and stop watching. Who knows? There, the there will be a Dalek episode. I mean, it's just there. There has to be. You know, we, we've kind and of I think, established. I think that, that voice is a voice from that episode, whether it's the exact dialogue or, or whether it was recorded. Now, whether or not or that's Davros yeah. or not, I, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's too heavy handed. I think my fanboy squee went up a little bit. Well, <laughs> yeah, first time I heard it, I did, the, I did yeah. the little, you know, the hair spiked up on the back of my neck, and I went, <gasps> Davros. And then I went, no, that doesn't make any sense. But but I, we all we'll could be proven out. wrong in yeah, a few weeks. <laughs> all right, next up. Uh, oh, no, wait, did you have any thoughts on it? Or? I, I kind of go back to something that I, I read. Chris Claremont said this when he was Chris Claremont apparently wrote X Men comics for like what seventeen years, eighteen uh, years, it or something that long. I don't know. He was, was he was there forever. It seemed like, but he would go four years before Magneto would make an appearance, and Magneto would show up, and they'd have this fight, and then he'd go away, and he'd be gone again for a really long time, and then he'd bring him back. And somebody asked him, I said, "Why why do you go such long spells between Magneto appearances?" And he says. Well, here's the deal. He says if Magneto ever truly fought the X-Men, if it ever just came down to it that they were going to fight, the X-Men would win. I mean, he's powerful, but he's he's Magneto. They would win. And he says, so ultimately when Magneto shows up, the X-Men are going to win. Well, if I have him show up over and over and over and over and over again, he loses credibility as a threat. He's not scary because you know they're going to win. So that's why I do this. And I know we've talked about this with kind of giving the Daleks a break. And you know me, I love Daleks. I'm not going to complain at all. But I'm, I'm kind of to that where the last, you know, we, we had Asylum at the very lead off of, of Seven. I'm kind of fine leaving them in that nebulous, we don't know what they're up to stage. And let's wait until we get a really good Dalek story down the See, pipeline. But I think that argument, back. that argument can be applied to Cybermen, too, because we've gotten a lot of Cybermen in the new series. And people seem to point to the Daleks and say, wow, we've just got too much Daleks. I'm tired of the Daleks. I'm tired of the Cybermen quite frequently. Because if you count the episodes, there's probably more Cybermen episodes now. I don't think there's more. I don't think there's more. It might be equal. I don't think there's more, but I think the Cybermen. I say equal to more. All right, I'm going to that. I, I don't think the Cybermen appearances have been as. I guess I'm counting. I guess I'm counting time of the Doctor, but we also had uh, Daleks in that as well. So there were no Cybermen in time of the uh-huh. Doctor. That wouldn't work. Yeah, there were Cybermen. They had. Oh, they the, had I keep confusing it with yeah, day. They had day of the Doctor. You had Daleks or Cybermen in Day of the Doctor, 50th anniversary. We, we had Daleks. Daleks. There was no Daleks in the. We had the Time War. What? That wasn't the 50th anniversary. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's late and I'm tired. So, <laughs> That's the way it worked. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. Apparently what I watched wasn't what I watched. I just, I, Dalek episodes, I don't know, maybe it's because I like Daleks more, but the Dalek episodes tend to stand out a little bit more. If you, if you, well, I think so. If I you think go because they're such iconic the, villains. Though. If you look at the Cybermen episodes that have been really bam and impactful, we have Age, had one Age of Steel. I, I think counts. I disagree. I don't think well because it was the first from, from most of fandom. Yes, that's probably true. From my point of view, no, I, that was lackluster. I, I'd say Doomsday. Story. Doomsday was the Our only impactful cyber. Um, I have other ones that I like, but ones that I would not put on the same level. Silver Nemesis, as, no. No, I'm, time, I mean, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, closing time is a great episode, but what makes it great is is Craig. the Doctor and, and Craig. That, that's it. Yeah, Nightmare and Silver is not, not a, an impactful one. Um, I like the next Doctor. I know nobody else does, but... I, oh, I, yeah, Cyberman there. I, and I had blocked that one when I uh, 
But just the, 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 it seems like the Cybermen tend to show up and then get very easily bulldozed, or they're used as that MacGuffin that's not really what the story's about, right. versus the Daleks, which show up and it's a Dalek story. Well, that's not true because the Daleks showed up in uh, uh, Big Bang. Of course, sort of the Cybermen in Pandora opens, but I mean, so I mean, but everybody showed up in those two. So okay, so yeah, if you count. Pure Goodman go to stories. war. Oh, well, that was that was the Cyberman that showed up. And got their butts kicked yeah, again. Just a, a, They've a, not fared well in the new series. So if you count just stories, so not cameos, that, that lends to support my point that just as much the Cybermen as the Daleks. If you count, do are we counting appearances or just stories? Let's just of, count around. stories because okay. I, 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 so. because most of the time Daleks have appeared, Cybermen have appeared as well. And now that I think about it. With the exception mm, no. of yeah, with the exception. I mean, if you if you if you count Day of the Doctor as a, do you count it as a Dalek story or do you count it as a Dalek appearance? Because in that case, it, it goes one way or the other. But okay, what? Okay, if you if you don't count Day of the Doctor and you don't count cameos, there have been seven Dalek stories in the new series. Stories or stories? Okay. So we're, we're counting, that's counting two parters. We're counting, that's one. Okay, we're counting stories. Two parters are one, and we're not counting cameo appearances. Right. Okay. So, just for the record, Dalek, Bad Wolf, Party in the Ways, Army of Ghosts, Doomsday, Daleks in Manhattan, Evolution of the Daleks, Stolen Earth, Journey's End, Victory of the Daleks, Asylum of the Daleks. Seven. Seven. And you're not counting time. I'm not. I'm, I'm not counting Beast Below, Pandora Opens, Big Bang, Wedding of River Song, right. Day of the Doctor, Time of the Doctor. Okay. Oh, that's an additional five episodes that, or, and of appearance. According to this, Waters of Mars, there was an appearance too. Yeah, because that one that comes in when she's a little, she's recalling when she was a little girl. Oh, and yeah. she sees the Dalek through the. That's what. So that's six her to go. other appearances in the show. Okay, but that was. Uh, see that one. I'd, it's a cameo. It's a cameo. That's why we don't count. That's because that's, that's, that's a specific callback to Army of Ghost Doomsday. Right, right. That's a specific reference to that story. Right. So I don't count that one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, for so Cybermen. Rise of Cybermen. Army of Ghosts, The Next Doctor, Closing Time, and Nightmare and Silver. So we're too shy on the Cybermen so far. And there are only a couple other cameos, including Time well, of the Doctor. We're getting one more confirmed Cyberman story, but we haven't confirmed Well, we don't know if it's yet, so. cameo or a full story. Uh, it'll be a full story. Did you see how many were standing back there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although it is, look, the, it is the last look story. How, look how many were in A Good Man Goes it to War. It is the last story of... And it was uh, a cameo. Yeah. Does that include yeah, yeah. Uh, Dalek as a, as a Cyberman cameo? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't count that one. Because it's just a head. First cameo. <laughs> Very first cameo. So anyway, the I, th- there have been more Dalek stories than Cyberman yeah, stories yeah. In, the, in the new series. And I think the Daleks have definitely had a leg up as far as the impact of their appearances. Well, and then there are also the more appearances. two-parter of the so Dalek stories. So give the Cybermen two more episodes and then they've been overdone? No, I mean, don't, get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm kind of tired of the Cybermen. But I think, I think I'm tired of the I'm, I'm tired of the Cybermen because I'm they keep tired of the getting angels, although they're the, the most intriguing, I think, of the, the new villains. I could let them lie for a long time, yeah. quite honestly. So I, 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 lo- I, I like them. I love the idea. In fact, Touched by an Angel was the best use of both yes. both ways that we've looked at, uh, at Weeping Angels. But on the flip side of that, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm like, I'm ready to be done with the Weeping Angels for a while now. And I'm done with Silence for a while, too. 
Yeah, silence. I think it's silence ran its course. Though. Yeah, I don't, I, think I don't think we can revisit that. Yeah, not in the same manner. They have to completely figure out a new way. To on, honestly, I'd like to see Suntarns come back though. I wouldn't mind seeing like three like or four more silence episodes. Real Suntarns, not just Strax. I want to see like no, no, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I want to count in Strax and, and more than the little. That's a. And That's a core character. I wouldn't count Strax. I, 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 I want to see the Sontaran appearance. Two-parter of season four Sontarans as opposed to the two comic relief in Time of the Doctor too. Oh, give, I give, give us a that. more. Yeah. I forgot we had the. Yeah, because they were such. They were that's all they were there for was comic yeah. relief. No, I don't see them count. Remember Rutan's coming back. That's what. That's I'm what. I'm what I'm <laughs> <know>. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't actually. Mind, I wouldn't mind like three or four more silence episodes. As long as they were set within that season six season, so that they could explain to me what was going on. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought they not going to happen. Not thought, going to happen. I thought they wrapped it up quite nicely. I was fine with how they left it. Why are they? Why are the silence this religious order and these are not? They, they all were a religious order, right? But these are fanatical and these are. That's exactly what fixed it. Much. Was this is what it was? Splinter group extremists happens, happens in world religions all the Maybe time. Maybe I just need to go back and rewatch that one. Well, you can do that for Friday night. Who coming up? Yes, we can. <laughs> it happens in Christianity. It happens. In, it happens in. It never happens. It doesn't happen in Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more serious <laughs> news. Uh, they have confirmed a writer for Series Eight, Frank Cottrell Boyce. Who's that? Oh, uh, he writes fast. They come back in a month. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, it was rumored that he was going to be writing an episode uh, back in it's, October. It's, it's probably already written and done because they're wrapping yeah. up the filming. Oh, they're just now, yeah. they're just now confirming it. Uh, yeah, he was in it, or that he wrote. He wrote Metal uh, Millions, the the book that the Danny Boyle film was based off of. Oh. Millions. Oh, I thought that was the title of the episode that he wrote because I was going to reach across here and be about. What are you spoiling that for? <laughs> So he has quite the uh, writing history, and oh, Millions is one where they the, the money kid, comes off yeah. the train, and he yeah, it's a it's a charming film, I thought. Uh, and so apparently, it's a really good episode too. <laughs> How do we know? <laughs> Moffat says Frank Moffat says it's good. Well, it's pure lies. magic. <laughs> uh, and he also Moffitt's is the writer like who wrote the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. Wait, back up. Say that's, that again. That's not really good street cred there. <laughs> he wrote the opening ceremony of the Olympics. Which one? I most recent. Imagine London the English. Uh, the most recent one was the most in, recent London one. <laughs> the most recent London one. That's the most recent one was in Russia. It was the Winter Olympics, but you didn't specify. I didn't specify. <laughs> you could have written the Russian one. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm sure it was the London Games. It was too. the London Games. I hope to have that on my resume someday. <laughs> Road to the Olympics. <laughs> Which one? Pick one. <laughs> the one that actually worked out. Hey, speaking of sports, any Brazil fans in the audience today? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the elephant predicted. Got it right. You see the meme that came out? There's no possible way I could describe this as wonderfully epic as it was. But there was a meme. You've seen the, the logo for the World Cup. And it's got yeah. like the the hand holding a ball. The one with the, Did you see that I one? Oh that my one. gosh, it was so good because it starts out with a, a head, and it's 
the, it's got green hair and it's got a face uh, and it's got a big old smile on its face. And in the next scene, it's got kind of like a, a concerned look. And in the next scene, it's got a sad look. And then in the next scene, it's got a face palm. <laughs> and then in the next scene, it's the uh, it's the logo. And so it makes it look like instead of holding a ball, it's, it's got a face. face. <laughs> That was epic. I was like, that is like the epitome of what happened. <laughs> I don't know much. I, I'm not a World Cup guy, but, you know, yay for people getting excited over anything. Sure. All right. Seven to one in soccer? <laughs> it's impressive that they even just scored seven from what they I They scored three seen. goals in less than a minute and a half. <laughs> I didn't watch the game. I just... Uh, <laughs> you know, on the, I was being updated through Twitter. Alex, like, our oh sports anchor, he came over and was watching, and and because <laughs> the, compu- the TV was closer, to and uh, yeah, so he's closer to he's closer to us, and so he's watching, and then and uh, Germany, it was Germany, right? So scores, and he's like, oh, ah, yeah, and he goes and he walks away, and he goes to his computer, and he starts typing on a story. Then he comes back, like literally a minute and a half later, and it was four to one, <laughs> it was four to zero, and Alex goes. How the heck did they just score three goals? I just walked to my desk and walked back. (laughs) Bravo, Germany. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Next up, we're going to talk about Series 8 Script Leak. So apparently that's out there. And Keith's got this story and he left. <laughs> Some, somebody, somebody, somebody's got it. Apparently they they, they sent... I don't know anything about this. As soon as I saw Script Leak... I read just on enough to know where it was. Yeah, okay. I'm done so with the internet. The BBC has appealed to fans not to spoil the new series of Doctor Who after like five scripts leaked online. What else? Is the new? first five scripts, including the series opener. Well, at least they're the first five, not the last five. <laughs> uh, they were compromised after being sent to BBC Worldwide office in Miami, where they oh, were due to be transmitted. So this wasn't some guy got a hold of it. Well, yes. Oh, but. compromised. Okay. Oh, they, they were supposed to be translated for the Latin American market. They shipped them to Miami, where they were going to be translated, translated to be translated for Latin America, and out. somewhere in okay. Miami they got. I out, thought it so. was another. We shipped this too soon <laughs> issue. <laughs> well, okay, this was, just uh, in. I've got the season eight boxes on Blu-ray. <laughs> it was An Amazon uploaded. drone just dropped it off of my house. <laughs> <laughs> uploaded from the BC World site in Miami, which left. Which was left open to public indexing, meaning the scripts as well as scripts from other popular programs uh, were accessible to See, anyone so it does with the come internet. Down to the BBC, with, anybody with the internet link. Again, to to it. it's the BBC. Ugh. Video files were also stored on the server, but they were well, the not known if those contained uh, content re- relevant to who. The server has now been taken offline. <laughs> I hope so. Well, so it is again. It comes down on BBC. Moffitt's on we the phone. Ship too an early. axe. Go get an axe. Take it on. Take it down. So, oh wow, we shot ourselves in the foot. So, let's appeal to fans and make sure that they don't ruin it when we've already done it once. Hmm. So I, I knew the uh, wow. last one, which when what are you doing? No, the last two leaks. Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought he was, was reading that. <laughs> Uh, I, I, oh, I, did you guys see what happened in this last script? I think the, art, the article continues. In episode one, this happens. <laughs> um, no, uh, I, I knew about the name of the Doctor leak. I did not know that the first episode Rose leaked on the internet a few weeks before the launch. I didn't know that. Yeah. And 
the target novelization of The Five Doctors was published two weeks before the story was transmitted. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's all right. Interesting. We got to see it the day in America the day before the UK even got to it. It's their show. <laughs> wow. I mean, that wasn't an accident. That was a purpose. But did, did, did you hear that Fox uh, uh, leaked the TV movie a, a full couple of days before they got it in Britain? And nobody saw it. <laughs> well, they leaked it, but then they immediately canceled it. So <laughs> Because it's Fox. That's who's running BBC right now. <laughs> So, <laughs> as per Sean's post earlier on our uh, Facebook page, we don't want to know. It, it, yeah, we don't, number one, we don't want to know, and we also will not do uh, anything no to spread here. any of these spoilers. We, we we appreciate your enthusiasm when you Facebook us and say, "Did you hear about blah blah blah?" Uh-huh. And our reply is, "No, we, <laughs> no didn't. we didn't want to. Even if we did, <laughs> we didn't, and we don't want to." So, if you've got leaked materials. Hooray for you. Keep it to yourself. Don't spoil the fun for the rest of us that don't want to know. And we're also probably going to have to avoid spoilers after the world premiere. Um, The series uh, 8 will have a world premiere in Cardiff on August 7th. Official announcements. Which is the start of the tour. So we we kind of expected it, but it's officially known that will be there, and I'm sure they will appeal to the fans who attend not to release spoilers on that either. Uh, coming up soon, though, Titan Comics has declared July 26th as Doctor Who Comics Day to celebrate their release of the new range of comics. Hooray! So that's the Saturday after comics come out. Go Titan. Uh, they're going to release more details of what exactly that's going to entail, because right now it's not much. But so it, if, it's if going to give uh, fans a chance to celebrate everything Doctor Who with signings, events, special variant covers, and promotions in stores and at shows in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Australia, and New Zealand. Except for in uh, the U.K., they have to get their uh, iPad signed because they can't get <laughs> physical copies. <laughs> Remember, we were specu- or uh, I was speculating on that and heard that they, they couldn't basically sell... Hard copies on they'd have to ship them and back and right. It's yeah. a, you, you could get imported copies in, in secondhand dealers, but you couldn't get actual because of the rights. Apparently, that's true. I found out that <laughs> the only way you can get these comics in the UK is digital copies directly from the from the publisher. Is it's digital copies. So hmm. there you go. <laughs> well, surely Titan has a distribution arm here. Yes, that they can ship there. No. No, they still can't get them in. <laughs> they they can be bought, but because it's a book format, that for, they, violates they can't. The, uh, they cannot be bought from the publisher directly. What happens is, I think, is that shops like Forbidden or Tenth uh, Planet or uh, it's Forbidden Planet and all those different types of secondhand shops will import them from here. But not even necessarily directly from the publisher, mm-hmm. and sell them secondhand because it can't directly come from the publisher because the publisher can't have a market in the UK because of a rights issue with uh, Doctor Who magazine. Got the it. publishers of Doctor Who magazine. Mm. It's weird. It is weird. <laughs> Our last bit of news: 
Big Finish has announced a new range of monthly Doctor Who stories. Starting in January, they're going to release a monthly download, a Doctor Who tale based on new stories and read by a Big Finish Doctor Who actor. So it looks like they're going to go through each month is going to be a different Doctor and go through the line that way. So there's not a lot of details on them yet, uh, but it looks like they're going to be about three pounds a piece, and all 12 will be 30 pounds. That's, that's kind of heavy. Especially for audio. <laughs> for audio. How many CDs are in that? So. <laughs> All right. Um, I get big, excited that you get so excited over news that has no information. Yeah. New <laughs> stuff. So BBC has, or uh, Big Finish has made an announcement. There's going to be more Who. We're going to have it read, read by it, somebody who was in Who. <laughs> what, I, what, I, <laughs> what I find exciting about it is the fact that we're getting more First Doctor and Second and Third Doctor stories from Big Finish. Okay, I, here, I can here, see that. Being... This is my plea to Big Finish. Take a year or so off because your catalog is so large <laughs> right now that I am having a really tough time watching all of this stuff come out, several titles, month by month, and realizing how far behind I am because I want to listen to it all. I want to catch up. I want to go, ooh. I've been waiting for that next audio story to come out. <laughs> well, this you, still, you have plenty of time to expect it. Uh, yeah, but they're still going to release other things. I want them to quit everything. <laughs> Just take a year off. Don't don't go out of business. Don't stop. It's got to keep coming. Just take a year off. Take a, and those people that are caught up, go back and enjoy some of the old stuff <laughs> you've forgotten about. Just think of it as the wilderness years for Big Finish. <laughs> the wilderness year for Big Fish. Just a year. That's all I'm asking. 365. Even if I listen to one title a day for 365 days, I still don't think I'd get through the catalog of everything. I'm talking about Lost Stories, Companion Chronicles, Unit Stories, Main Range, everything. Heck, just take enough days for me to get to the main range. I'd be cool. (laughs) So, uh, after August, it starts back over with First Doctor again. So we're getting... Two first doctors. There's a good producer. He dug up some more information on it for you, Sean. I wasn't really taking, you know, teasing. I just think, no, you were really teasing. Me. I was. You really just weren't teasing me. Well, no, I was serious. I just didn't. <laughs> There's going to be more. Who? It's read by somebody from Who. Yay! <laughs> Goal. <laughs> Involving one of the eight doctors they already have. <laughs> Keith, I hate to tell you this, but I'm not sure there's enough news in that news story. <laughs> I don't think you can... I'm, I'm glad you buried it, because I don't think you could have led with it. I wanted to make sure we got some big finished love. <laughs> Let's move on to feedback. This just in. Big finish, still in business. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really am sorry. <laughs> This sounds very catty. I'm going to go back and listen to this and go, man, I was horrible. This is where you say, did you find the news for the week? I didn't see you bring anything to the table. I brought nothing to the table this week. This is also what happens when I don't pre-read the news. (laughs) Oh, look, the headline. Okay. All right, let's move on to feedback. Uh, First up is Mark. 
You don't have a song, do you? I don't have a song. Okay. You came with nothing, did I, you? I brought nothing to the table this week. I'm here. Hey, Keith, what's the news? Well, we know they're doing something. Oh, that's the news song. That's the feedback song. Mark writes feedback about apes and the galaxy. Stuff and things going on. Big finish, still in business. None of this is rhyming, so I'm going to quit. He writes, hi guys, just thought I'd write in with a little story which relates to your Planet of the Apes marathons recently. Basically, my grandparents and my parents have told me the story all my life about when they took me to a zoo one time when I was very young. They were looking at the gorilla exhibit behind the big glass pane. A gorilla walked over to my family and went up on, it went on to tap on the glass. My family, thinking it was just an average animal, laughed. The gorilla went away, then reappeared, carrying her own child over to us, then held her up to the glass. The gorilla then proceeded to stare until my mother took, took me out of my pram and held me up to the glass. The, the gorilla seemed to make the connection between my mother and me being similar to the connection of the gorilla she had with her child. The connection the gorilla had with her child. Just thought I'd tell you that little story as it's told any time I introduce a girl to my parents or a distant family member comes to stay. Plus, it's sort of a nice story that represents the intelligence and other uh, beings other than ourselves. That is nice. That's kind of cool. I like it. I like it. Anytime you and I like it. that we're equated to girls he introduces to his parents or distant <laughs> family members as well. <laughs> that's so nice, Mark. Do, do you think that's because... Share the, your embarrassing <laughs> stories with us. <laughs> And all of our thousands of friends. Do, do, do you think the parents are doing that specifically? To, that's what, what, what he was what equating are you saying, it to. Keith? <laughs> he was equating it to he, uh, introducing it to a girl. Well, that's what usually what happens is. Well, if he was like you know, bare butt, and there was pictures. <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> I guess I don't know. He missed mine. Have gone into that detail. <laughs> How exactly did mom hold you up to the class? <laughs> No, that's a sweet story. Gorillas are intelligent. That's pretty cool. It does show the uh, underestimation people give apes. You ape. And how they could rise up against us. You ape lover. <laughs> but they I don't discriminate. I like all primates. Don't go to uh, the Omaha Zoo and look at the apes. They're just, they're, it's miserable. <laughs> I went. Oh, they you had, did. They you had, had a baby gorilla. It was really cute. It, it was it was adorable, and it's like five by five cage. <laughs> you must have saw a different exhibit than I did. <laughs> Actually, they've got the one area in a the middle area, of all of them. Yeah. I, 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 God bless them for that. But the cats, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I can't go on. <laughs> I'll get off my zoom. They're right much now. bigger I, I, went way on, I went way too much on it last week. Also, I watched Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness this week. Yay! I love them both. Oh. I've quickly gone back... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm watching through the original series. Yay! Those dresses are shorter than I imagined them being. But, you know, no complaints. <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> the romance between Kirk and Spock is what has hooked me on hooked me to the show. I hope it doesn't lose its magic in the form of next gen. Hope you guys have a good week. I don't think Riker and Picard really had much of a romance uh, going on. I From Mark will challenge Mark, after you've gone through the original series, go back and watch Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness and didn't tell us what you see the weaknesses are. Especially uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Well, go watch the films, too. Yeah. yeah. Not just the original series. Yeah, see, see the, the, original. the original series films, the spin-off films. Yeah. Or spin-off films. The continuations. Yeah. 
and then go back and watch Star no, Trek and, and Star and, Trek and, in the I, Darkness. I, I, I feel like I have to go through this again because we've actually been still yet again discussing In the Darkness a lot of work. In the Darkness is a fine film. It's a great action flick. It's a good summer popcorn film. It's just not a very good Star Trek. Movie. Wait, that's where I come down. Here's on my it. point, though: is if that's his first ex- exposure to Star Trek, then yeah, those probably yeah. were two very enjoyable films for him. Because because Star Star Trek Into Darkness, if I had seen nothing before, would have been phenomenal. Yeah. I'd have been blown away by it. However, there is all of this that's come before, and that's why I say go back and watch the original series, watch the new film or the old films, and then watch these two, and you'll see the flaws. Not not necessarily in the first Star Trek because I thought that was brilliantly done, but in, especially in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Agreed. All right, who's next? Up next. Thank is you, Mark. By the way, nice Thank to you, hear from you again, Mark. Holly. Who did you call? Uh, um, who was looking for him? <laughs> Alex. 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 Did you call Alex? Was it? Was Alex looking for Mark? Or was this different? I think Mark, Mark was ask, looking for Alex. Was Mark, Mark looking for Alex? Alex? Oh, did, did Alex get a hold of you? <laughs> you didn't let us know. Well, it was Mark looking for Alex. Mark, did Alex call you? Well, I can't get these. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you're now always... you're now Malix. <laughs> Just the same person to me. <laughs> well, at least we're consistent. Uh, or a lark, whichever you prefer. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, thoughts Peter. and opinions of Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just it just hit me. <laughs> Sorry. Wordsmith. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> Who's next? I'm sorry, Holly. Holly's Holly. next. Holly writes, season five of Sarah Jane. Hey guys, great last podcast. Loved all the pictures and the video that you shared on Facebook from British Fest. Hope that everyone had a safe and happy fourth. On to the reviews. I have to admit that I've had this DVD set in my collection for quite some time, but didn't really want to open it up and watch it. But I opened it up and watched it. I'm glad that I did. Sky. Sarah Jane becoming pregnant. Becoming pregnant. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I don't think we watched the same thing. I, 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 I'm not sure you opened the right DVD set. Put those words together and went, no. Uh, becoming a parent yet again but this time to a baby girl. Loved how she called Clyde and Ronnie for help, although I do seem to be sensing a theme with bad nannies or heads of companies. The woman looking for Sky kind of reminds me of the nanny from Partners in Crime episode of Series 4 of New Who, and also the head of the company of the Bane soft drink. Clyde getting stuck babysitting Sky was cute, and he did an admirable job of keeping her calm and not causing any more damage to electronics. I love how Clyde, Ronnie, and Sarah Jane all say that Sky is going nowhere with her mother, and that she's not a weapon. The Curse of Clyde Langer. I have to say this was a good episode for Clyde. I loved how the only one who wasn't affected by the curse was Sky and Ellie, who Clyde gave a false name to. Clyde really seemed to grow up more in this episode, and even at the end, everyone understood, for the most part, why Clyde wanted to find Ellie. The man who never was. As the season ender, this was a good story. Luke comes back, and Sky's just the slightest bit worried that Luke's not going to like her. Clyde and Ronnie getting a little miffed that they can't come along with Sarah Jane, Luke, and Sky. They consider themselves part of Sarah Jane's family as well. Sky being able to pick up the fact that Joseph Surf wasn't who he said he was, and no one else was neat, and it showed how well she fit into the team. We get a mention of K-9 and Mr. Smith's usual snark. I really wonder what went on between those two. Maybe it's an electronic sibling rivalry. 
<laughs> the ending with Sarah Jane, Luke, Sky, Clyde, Ronnie, and Adriana saving the Scullions from Harrison was a nice touch. And Luke pinning up a drawing from Clyde that had a picture of Sky on with the words Sky's room was touching and shows that he's accepted her as a sister. And her taking his room doesn't matter to him at all. Goodbye, Bannerman Road. This was a good tribute to Liz Slayton. The cast members that they had on to share their memories of Liz were great. Matt even talking about his experiences with Liz and how he wished that Liz could have made a return appearance to Doctor Who to meet Amy. That really would have been something. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this series of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. All right. We'll get on to our reviews in a minute. But first, and finally, but not least, Chrissy. Mm. Hang on. <laughs> Yours, mine, or ours? That was uh, feedback detection. I don't know how, but... Uh, pardon the uh, glitches, Ayers. <clears throat> Another blue sky morning. Dear Vortex Boys, well, you don't have to play the entire 20th Century Fox fanfare for your dun-dun-dun, <laughs> but I couldn't find a truncated version. All right, then. Deep breath. We're not removing that this week. The Sarah Jane Adventures, Season 5. Let's see how well I can do this. Sky. I'll admit this was kind of a hard one to watch. Not because of the content or anything like that, but because it was obvious they were setting up for some great big mystery with Sky that probably would probably have been resolved by the end of the season, if this season hadn't been shortened. But I enjoyed it well enough. Sarah Jane gets to take care of an alien baby and keeps doing funny things that keeps doing funny things to the electricity. Honestly, I think the best part was when Clyde was watching Baby Sky, but that's probably just because I think Clyde's hilarious and get a kick out of everything he does. And it seems that Clyde and Sky have a really unique big brother little sister relationship going, which is a lot of fun to watch. The Curse of Clyde Langer. Some of the scariest moments and most interesting Sarah Jane adventure stories are the ones where Sarah Jane is against one or more of her gang for one reason or another. This means that the kids have to come up with a solution on their own, and this requires some creative storytelling and acting. I think it would be interesting if there was something similar in Doctor Who, though that would probably get the writers backed into a corner, because what do you do when your hero turns against everyone else? I enjoyed this story quite a bit, even though the stories where Clyde is put through a lot of angst are some of the hardest for me to watch. It's just that he's usually the comic relief, but when the comic relief has to be serious... That's when the story get really interesting and emotional to an extent. And Clyde's just a fantastic character all the way around, so that helps. Again, another character that was probably, well, moderately size planned for four, but uh, we never got to see. I'm talking about Ellie. The man who never was. <clears throat> to quote Star Wars, Houdini! <clears throat> so I have a question. Surf is a hologram, not a robot. So why do they need a team of adorable little alien guys to control his every move? Sorry, the bad guy's plan... The bad guy's plan doesn't really make a lot of sense, so the story kind of suffers there. But there are a lot of small moments that make the story fun to watch. Luke meeting Sky and seeing their relationship take form is wonderful. I love Luke's face when we... When he walks into the room and sees it's Sky's room now. I love that Sarah Jane's journalism career finally gets more of a mention than her just using her press credentials to get into secure places. She talks 
about being a top being a top journalist in the country, how she pays for everything, actually conducting an interview with somebody. And I adore that Clyde and Ronnie have to pretend that they're married journalists, a married journalist couple for a magazine for elderly people. Also, Clonny. Yeah, that was fantastic, too. <laughs> I also watched the Goodbye Bannerman Road extra feature on the DVD, but I'll save that for your 10, 10 o'clock news episode next week. All in all, this was a fun little season to watch, and I wish that we could have gotten the rest of the story. Heck, I wish that Elizabeth, excuse me, I wish that Elizabeth Sladen was still here to make more Sarah Jane adventures. But I will be happy with what we do have to remember her, and with great admiration and fondness. And I'm going to close up before I get too blurry eyed to uh, to go on. Have a wonderful week, everyone, and I hope all of the U.S. listeners had a wonderful and safe Fourth of July. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Chrissy. Let's get on to our reviews. First up, Sky. (laughs) Sarah Jane, Clyde, and Ronnie try to figure out why a baby abandoned on Sarah Jane's doorstep is undergoing a rapid maturation. And how she's connected to a war between the metal kind and the flesh kind. Maturation? Is that a maturation? Maturation. I did not know that. It is a word. Maturation. Quickly maturing. I like that. Maturation. I've never heard that before. That's a. I am not maturation. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Not going to (laughs) happen. What do we want to give this one? I've kind of been. What? I think it's a solid oh, start to the season. This is this is this is the best one of the of the series. Oh really? Yeah, so you, this, you give series. it a, a? I'll give it a dun 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 for lack of nobody else doing it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, it's not that I didn't like. I don't think it. I, I did dun dun, like dun Sarah Jane's that often though. I mean, I, I kind of like to reserve the dun dun duns for the really good stories and the horn for the really bad stories. Anywhere in between, I don't know. It's 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 really hard to do that little gauge because all along I've been saying that the, the Sarah Jane adventures have never really engaged me. And I think part of the problem is is they, they it's not even a problem. They're just they're, it's not my thing. It's not you're not um, the target audience. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it comes across that way. And I'll tell you, I, I probably would have eventually gotten around to seeing these, but the fact that I, I'm only doing only seeing them now as we review them for the first time is testament to the fact that I am not their target audience. Yeah. Um, I thoroughly love Sarah Jane. Don't get me wrong. I totally adore her. But for some reason, on her own, surrounded by kids, it just doesn't work for me that well. Um, they've produced some very good stories, and I think this is the strongest of the season. So uh, I'll give it the dunk, dun dun because this is this was the best one. The other ones have key parts that I liked a lot. Don't get me wrong. We'll, we'll get to those. Um, I like where they were going with this, and I like Chrissy. Uh, feel that they were sort of developing a sub-story arc that they've always yeah. kind of done um, for these seasons. And they're they they never obvious in your face story arcs, but they're always that underlying current. And I think that's where they were going with this. And unfortunately, that, that gets we lose cut it. off. Yeah, yeah, we lose that. But I don't think it took away from the story in any way. And I, I certainly don't think that it, it was left hanging. It's one um, of those things it where... It could have felt worse. Yeah, it's one of those things where you see the potential that could have been and kind of lament the fact that it didn't get to go where it was going to yeah, go. Yeah, certainly. I like the idea of 
uh, a, a alien infant dropped on the doorstep and, yeah. of somebody and then having to take care of it. And especially being someone like Sarah Jane who never had kids of her own before Luke and got Luke already as, as a teenager. And so you know, she's, she has no experience with babies or kids and she's she's just as clueless as anybody else. I, I, I like Chrissy as well. Liked the Clyde uh, moments with him watching the baby and, and, and just instinctually knowing what to do with her. I think he kind of makes mention of, of a cousin or a, or, a, or yeah, something, but um, it just, it seems to come nat- more natural to him. And I like that. I thought it was kind of a neat little uh, thing to do with the character who, as, as Christy said, is usually comic relief. Every once in a while, we have these really heavy stories for him, which I think he handles Phenomenally, this was just a new aspect for Clyde that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Thought it was a refreshing change. It, it's, it's a really <clears throat> strange scenario to have Sarah Jane Smith, who we exalted as greatest companion ever, because she always has that. She knows what to do. She doesn't scream as much as the shirking violence. She doesn't do this. She she always has a plan. She always has a plan B. She always has a well. What if we did this? She's always thinking. And all of a sudden, she has this baby and is lost. Yeah, doesn't and know what to it, do. It, it was so strange to see. Sarah's not like that. Yeah. She, Sarah always knows what to do, whether it's, you know, clubbing somebody over the head or climbing the scaffolding to get away from the thing, even though it's taking her closer to the radiation because that's better than the alternative. Baby, and all of a sudden, all of that goes out the window, and it's like, help. Yeah. And and so I, I thought that was really kind of clever that to to give us that that one extra facet to her character. That I thought so too, but I think they also did that in the very first story with Luke kind of throwing him in. The difference between the two is when she gets Luke, she's the reluctant mother. With yeah. this one, she's just kind of clueless because she's 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 already a mother. Right. She's already proven that she can you know uh, be a very loving parent. But now she's suddenly got the other aspect of this. Now it's a baby. <laughs> she doesn't she never have to, to do. do. Before, so I think that yeah. adds to what you're saying. Yeah. That that it, it it could have easily been felt like the same thing we did, and that was my first thought when we were going into it. I was like, didn't we just do this in you know three seasons ago, four seasons ago? Um, but it, 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 it really it changes the dynamic of it being the baby. Yeah. And having, as you're saying, you, you, she has the plan B. She always knows what she's going to do next. But to have Clyde be the one to kind of step in and be the one who knows what to do next, that was a neat, refreshing yeah. uh, look at that. And it did kind of feel like they were trying to introduce a new Luke because they wanted that third element that was missing from most of last season. And so... Well, let's do the same similar thing as we did. Why can't Luke. we just bring Luke back from universe? You know, here's the problem. Here's, I, I think well, the, the, the problem is the, the actor, actor actually is was was in school at the time, and he was he, he wasn't his, available. He, oh. he actually could have just left the show as he was off going to school, but he made himself available while he was doing that so that he could continue on the show for that. Gotcha. So, so that helped out a lot, and and I agree. I think that was the Luke replacement. Now, here's the other thing that I also think that they were doing is. This this looks at the long term, but um, I think they were realizing that all of these kids were growing up and they were getting older. And well, Clyde we were, and Ronnie wouldn't be around. We were for less. Too much we were less of a um, kind of big sister Sarah uh, or, or aunt or, or mother figure Sarah to, to kids, and more they were getting more on par and level because as these kids grew up and became adults and had so it was many more of that. It was a different relationship, yeah. and so I think this was a way to bring a fresh young person into the show to do, to do th- two things to 
add to that dynamic of the age and the discovery and also to target younger kids that were still watching Sarah Jane at the time. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of a, a television trope is once you hit the X season, well, we got to bring a young kid onto the show. Is she going to get pregnant or what? I mean, you just kind of have to... You just have that. Once Andy was born, it ruined family ties. Why? They? <laughs> they always think it's a good idea. It's not. And then they brought Chrissy into uh, Growing Pains and <laughs> what else? What other shows in the 80s and 90s added babies? All of them. That, that grew up in the second season. The yeah, second they, season, they, they all grew years up. The- <laughs> I think Fresh Prince did that, didn't they? Cosby definitely did. Cosby cleverly brought in new, younger kids, yeah. though. That was... It was one of those ones that, that they just kind of slipped in under the radar. Once Rudy got old enough, they brought in uh, Raymond Simone. I can't remember what her name was on the show. But there was a different dichotomy because she had come in from another family. It wasn't like the parents had another kid, you know, yeah. and suddenly we had these, this young kid. It was, there, was, there was a nice workaround story to bring her into to it. I, I was, I'll defend that one as far as throwing a kid, I, well, a cute kid on the uh, show. Uh, versus having a baby and then... Instant grow up next right, season. Right, right. Next or season, there we're gonna we're going to send the the, the the teenager off to school. She's going away for summer camp, and then she comes back the next season, and she's a young woman. And yeah. you're like, uh-huh. you've been gone <laughs> three months. <laughs> and this is the weird thing: is nobody talks about it. This nobody is really big on soap operas. Well, yeah. didn't Fresh they Prince <laughs> make a, a meta reference to the fact that the the kid on there grew up? I don't think I got that point. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I I, I agree that this it, it, Glenn's in defense of the Cosby Show. It felt like it was going to be a retread of that episode, but then they, but they did found an, new ways an, enough it. twists and turns yeah. and dealing with characters. Even though the plot really wasn't all that, it, it didn't matter to me because the plots are always pretty thin in Sarah Jane. Yeah, well, yeah. it just well, so I, I, dis- I disagree. But in this one, for the most yeah. for the most part, they are. This, you season, one or, this season, you'll have the, one or two. Well, the, this the one's plots. The, the thinnest of all of them, in my opinion. But I think they were holding back. To me, every season of Sarah Jane, what do we get? Usually five stories a season. Six. Six. Okay. I always think that at least three of them have a really thin plot, and then a couple of them have really really good standout plots. This one, unfortunately, being truncated so much and cut in half. Probably didn't get to its really, really good, yeah. uh, good, good plot story. But just, Although, just the fact that they, they had these the characters that they was cared about, yeah, I was okay with the fact that we had this kind of thin plot because it was, it, it, in a way, it was kind of just a refreshing an introdu- reintroduction, reintroduction. To yeah, to kind of, it's, yeah, it's been a while, and it's fun to come back and revisit these characters, and I'm kind of getting reintroduced to the show in a way too, and and I liked Ronnie. <gasps> I know. Right? <laughs> I mean, We've that, liked her for seasons. Not that, oh, not, yeah. that I, not that I ever hated I her. She was just no Maria. But this was the first one where there was no comparison. There, there, were, there, were, there was no nothing in the back of my head kept scratching and going. She's not Maria, you know. She, it, it just it's, it's Clyde and Ronnie. It took three they, years to distance yeah. themselves for you, <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was cool too. Um, I wasn't I think, sure how I was going to feel about Sky once she grew up. <laughs> once once yeah. they did the trope and made her, you know. I thought it was weird that they kept calling her a teenager, but she was 12. Eh, close enough. Yeah, I guess. They were saying tween. <laughs> they, they didn't say tween. No, if they no. would have said tween, I would have been, been okay with it. it. Yeah. If it was a Disney Channel show, she'd have been a tween. But 
It's a CBBC show. It essentially is a Disney Channel they, show. They don't. They don't. They don't. They, they don't. Apparently, use, they don't use that word. They don't in the use UK. the word in the UK. No, no tweens. They don't corrupt words in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> um, I was okay with her by the time that I thought uh, the I, mom I, was annoying, but yeah. Well, she was kind of stereotypical. I, yeah. I thought the idea well, of the, the nanny. implanting this <laughs> the nanny mom bomb. Why should we call her a nanny? She was. Saying she was her actual mom. I mean, she didn't like bear her, but she created her. So there you go. That's mom. <laughs> and Kettlewell is dead. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. It works. I, I like the idea, and I thought it was kind of. I don't remember in this show at least of the idea of somebody being a bomb and an ultimate weapon. I thought it was a cool introduction for the show. Well, and that's a really interesting idea. It's, it's a the, trope, but it's. They did it well, I thought. It, it's actually kind of a dark yeah. concept for they were what is essentially a kid's show. Kid show. Yeah. So that, that's that's one of those things where I kind of disagree. Where, whereas the main plot may not have been the plot still thin. Up, up to it, yeah, an yeah, element it, of the plot was deep, but, but there, it, there, there yeah, are those seeds. It's got that, thematic deepness. That, yeah, and the, and those seeds. I think those, this is one of the wonderful things about with, for the with, same reason when the kids get stuck on the ship in series two. I think it was. It's that whole. The whole story was thin, right? But you had those elements that, yeah, they certainly the, 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 the raised it up. Sense, yeah, but there, there are other episodes that I, I will, I'll go to the mat for and say, no, 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 no that's a deep episode. But just you, you get those kind of little bouncing around moments where all of a sudden it's like, oh, this all of a sudden kind of took. I mean, it's almost Iron Giant. Yeah. I wanted her to stand up and go, I am not a god, and then I would have been creepy because she'd had Vin Diesel's voice coming out of her <laughs> little tween body. But um, it, it just. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I had fun watching it. I did too. I think so. I, 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 I usually have fun watching Sarah Jane Adventure stories in general. That's where I come down on why I think I'm, I liked about it the most is I think it was it, well, I don't even think it was the most fun story, but I had a good time watching it, and I thought it was it was a pretty good start to the season. <clears throat> the next one, <laughs> shall we move on to the crystal? Yeah, yeah. Clyde Langer. Didn't like this one. Uh, it's not that he didn't like it. It's it, raining fish from the skies. Sarah Jane's investigations no lead to the gang to the Museum of Culture, where the ancient god Hedokumtik. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> may offer some answers. Yet when Clyde touches the totem pole, his family and friends savagely turn against him, and he is thrown out of their lives. It felt like the. F- Raining fish thing. Done, done this one, Sean. I'm, 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 I'm. It felt like the raining fish thing was him trying to. Ex- and it's kind of backwards in my mind. It's them trying to explain, like, Sharknado. Justify, give scientific credence to Sharknado. It felt like. Well, that's <laughs> what. Well, they don't need to give scientific. There have been raining fish. That there is scientific ex- evidence. Not sharks, <laughs> and not swept up by a tornado no, like that. But, it, but they have they have my, documented my, my brain evidence. Just went instantly to that idea. Of, no, they what? have documented evidence of, of fish getting picked up and then dropped off later. I don't know about the whole freezing them and then dropping them and then still be alive, but um, because a lot of them were flipping around just but, just from the altitude. <laughs> Um, depending the on the convection currents, they, they very okay. easily could freeze. But here's my point: is then they don't thaw and be alive when they hit the ground. That's that I don't. Well, think, be, I don't know how. Be hail. I don't know how scientific that is. That's what I'm they'd saying. Be fish hail. We had fish flopping around that were thawed well, out. Well, maybe they maybe they didn't go up as high. They didn't freeze. Well, 
I don't know how scientific accurate the whole idea of that is, but yes, that that has been documented before. Um, I don't know if after I hit the ground, I'd still be alive. I think that's the problem we need to be able to <laughs> Have you at. seen Magnolia? Yeah. Didn't you remember the frog's explanation? That was the same the same idea as that a storm had come and picked up all. I remember those the frogs. frogs. I don't remember the explanation. Oh yeah, they 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 kind of explained it away at the end. It was it still had sort of that poetic meaning to it. Yeah. But, I mean, it was obviously the plague, but um, yeah, no, they, they, they explain that. They explain it towards the end of the, the film. Um, but yeah, so I, why, why, why are the fish there, though? Why, why is this fish element there and then not alluded to the rest of the time? Is it just the idea to set up the totem because that was one of the things that was surrounded the, the, I think the that's legend all it was, of it? Yeah. That's all it was, yeah. It's just that it was a, an event that connected the current totem with this Past previous totem. Then why? I mean, because, so that you know it's the same why one. Why fish? <laughs> it's because it had to be a noticeable enough event? Yeah. All right. Uh, it rains a um, lot in, you, in London, so it's not like. Of storm I think what I didn't like and probably what you guys do like about this story is number one I think the best thing about this story is Clyde yep agreed the best thing about it is him and his his story and how how well the actor handles it and portrays it it's the story is told from his perspective what I don't like about the story is it felt like they were trying to drive home the everybody hates me everybody hates him everybody hates him everybody hates him I, I think we revisited too many scenes, and every time he said, somebody said a name, they went really vile. And, and I know that it was trying to drive home the idea that they they were affected immensely by this, but I thought that was just kind of overdone to a point. Um, introducing the, the girl I thought was a clever concept, and I thought it was even ingenious how they they – did the whole well? The night dragon came and took them, and they kept setting it up. And I kept thinking, oh, we have another whole other subplot going on here. Big other, and, alien. and then to have it end like that with the the it was just a moving company that they could that was genius hitch rides mm-hmm. with. I thought that was, well, that was really so cool. Genius. But then I felt like while wow, that was cool, but that was too convenient to have this little like ro- this micro romance and somebody. Uh, Helping him after he helped her, and then just kind of whisk her away at the end. It felt, the, a, little, the, it felt a little cheap. Yeah, I could see that. Does that make sense? Okay. That's, I, I thought that. this story, for character moments and that for Clyde, yeah, for Clyde, because <laughs> it's all pretty much from his perspective, yeah. anyways, was phenomenal. Yeah. Everything else about it is kind of uh, uh, yeah. the scratching himself on the totem pole. So that's why he becomes. We got a splinter. We got, we got a splinter from the totem pole, and I just felt like they didn't. Explain the totem pole. Thank well you. Enough. I thought that was weak. My other problem with it, and this is probably in, in the same vein, is I like the idea of taking a story where you don't have a real villain, but it's almost like we tried to go halfway with it and make the totem the villain. But yeah, it's mm, the, the, the totem is definitely there. the weakest part of this because they never wind up giving us a scientific basis for what's going on, mm-hmm. which Sarah Jane very much falls into that Doctor Who realm of there's a logic behind it. Even the stuff that is portrayed as magic or mysticism there's or still a this, science. there's still a science fact. And this is just, oh, it's a curse. And we never get any more. We don't, we don't get an explanation of why it's his name. Why isn't it his face? I mean, it's blood. 
It's not connect, he can have any name. It's the blood that obviously connected him to the totem. So why that? Other than the great name we are of so on the same page, Keith. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> it was the last thing he did. Is he signed his name on his picture and at so the end the of curse, the night? The curse last on the other, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's when I stop to think about the story. Is when my I start having a lot of problems with it. Watching it, I enjoyed the ride so much, and I. It's it's great for the feels. It's not good for yeah. the logic. This is one of those yeah. ones, though, that I, I felt emotionally exhausted and but was ready to get the thing done. You know, just because there was so so much not going on <laughs> that I just was ready. It was like a marathon race to the end going, just get done, just get done, just get done. Honestly, I, think th- I think this one's the strongest one of the season, mm. despite the problem with the totem, which... That's the biggest problem with it. it, it is, the rest of it, is, I think, is fascinating. And, and, and I'll agree with you guys. That is the problem, because once you start pulling on that thread... The whole thing unravels Rebels. because there is no connection unless, and this is a huge reach, a lot of stretching, and <laughs> some not there retconning. At the museum, she makes the comment about the village shamans went and did this and imprisoned him in the totem. The evil, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, the, the, the bad guy and imprisoned him in the totem. And in my head, what I heard was the doctor visited this village once upon a time and led the crusade to get this guy imprisoned. Too much of a stretch. So, I, just, I, I, I could just totally I see that. Too but, much of a stretch. And if that's the if that's a setup, that's fine. <laughs> but they need to give us an explanation of why he gets cursed. Yeah. Other than apparently it frees the totem yeah. or the alien or the quote unquote alien inside. Yeah. But then still the resolution. Of I'm gonna say my name and that's gonna make it stop. You know we forgot we did not address the parrot guy in the oh, oh yeah episode. that that was a big part of the unfulfilled yep feeling I really I felt got. like yeah I was just glad it showed back up well, but after because- it, I was too I was grateful for it at the same time realizing oh no we're not gonna this get- is the half season yeah 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 sorry. <laughs> Yeah, parrot guy. Him being the one that dropped the baby off, I thought was a clever... And a I like how they blamed the doctor. And a great way to yeah. work to explain his... I, I could tell that they were building to... They're, they were building to something. They, going they to reveal to who he was. Uh, Sorry, back to... No, 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 you're You're right. right I can, that was one of the best part. The other thing that I really like about this is... I, I think this one in particular illustrates how not really aimed at kids this show is. Or at the very least that they're they're working under the assumption that the kid audience is, is much more advanced than I think what we would normally give kid audience for. And here's here's the reason. There's the joke. <laughs> you're absolutely right, but you're wrong. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Here, here's the, the, the joke that Clyde makes about was it in this one? I think it was in this one when he, he makes the comment about going in there is like or maybe it was in Sky that he makes the comment about taking you here is kind of, or taking her to the taking her to the nuclear power plant is kind of like taking Guy Fox on a guided tour of Parliament House. <laughs> and I went, that was a great line. That, that is a deep joke. You I really have to be line. able to follow the dots to put that one together. No, it's not. You do. No, it's you, not. You have to know that now. No, in it's England, not. It's that's different. the point. That's, Here's that's, the point: is this is a British show? You just hit it. This is a British show where. For years and years and years, and this goes all the way back to Doctor Who, is they have a different way of communicating with children through media. 
Right. They do not pussyfoot around. They do not do kid glove things that we do over here. They have a different way of presenting things to kids. They That's why I think that kids over there deal with death di- differently and probably better than we do because it's there and it's recognized. Same thing with some sexual overtones. And by sexual overtones, I don't mean adult-natured things, but I mean things that are not considered taboo that are considered taboo here. Right. And so I think you're absolutely wrong. If you look at it from an American perspective, yeah, you're absolutely right. But on the flip side of that is this is a British show made for British kids. So I don't I, – I, I look at it because of my experience with other British shows that are geared towards kids. I don't look at it as any different than anything else that they do. I mean, it's obviously not going to be geared towards preschoolers. But, yeah, kids – are treated differently over there. In fact, I have a lot of respect for how they deal with issues for kids in the UK as opposed to how we shelter our kids almost yeah. a little too no, much I, here. No, I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I just, for, for for the standpoint of... And the Guy Fox thing would have totally... Every kid in the UK knows the Guy Fox story, <laughs> and they would have got it right away. Here it doesn't play as well because kids here have no idea who Guy Fox is because he's not so integrated into our culture as he is over there. Okay. I think we have a, some form of that conversation every time we review the show. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> so stepping down off the show. I and I, I commented on this again. Every time Elizabeth Sladen gets the opportunity to play possessed, <laughs> she sends Sorry, I'm thinking ahead. chills down my spine. Just absolute when was she possessed in this? Well, well, when she's not acting in character. When she's, she's not acting in character. Okay, influenced. Possessed, influenced, however you want to you. say it. When, when she's not Sarah Jane. And when she rounds on Clyde, Ooh. yeah, that switch gets flipped. And it gets flipped hard. And she lets him have it. And I felt bad for him. I felt bad I, for him through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you're supposed to. But, I mean, I just was like, whoa. I think, and I like how Clyde was very resolute in his belief that something has happened to you. I'm going was, to fix it. That was and nice. That, that's just such that's a, the Clyde thing. That that's just such a Clyde thing. Yeah. And then as the day got worse, and even Luke, you would think he's going to call Luke, and we're going to get Luke in this episode, and it's going to be great. And then Luke's just on the phone and not even there, and immediately turns on him. And you're like, wow, this is really tense. Now, obviously. This is where I think there there is a little pandering going on because they kind of have to keep driving home the point that it's his name for him to figure this out. Right. I, I, we now we had the benefit of this great yeah. visual graphic where well, he had to kind it of takes him a little steps. longer to figure. But that's it out. the problem is I felt that the pandering really because I knew and the audience knows that I felt like we just were pushing it way too. Well, much. but I, 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 I got tired I, I, of the it bit actually. that I think pushed it one step more than needed was the kids we never seen before. Yeah, turn against him. Yep, I think. Yeah, Sarah Jane, I, I get him cut Bonnie, out. Luke. That yep. was enough that he could probably put it together, and yep. other, it might even and just it, have gone. And one his step. mother, his mother was, was fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was all those things. Well, like, yeah, those he, had to be there to drive he, it he, home. He, but he I didn't much, even need him to call Luke. In fact, in that sense, I had kind of hoped that it would have been a Luke was in a test, and so he left a voicemail. Although I guess eventually he would have got back to him, so that wouldn't work very well. But either way, I mean, just I just I I, I, just, I, I felt just, the pandering. Once, once you the start stripping was away, what they the felt was necessary, group. and there was too much. And we've taken Sarah Jane away from him, and then we've taken Ronnie away from him, and then we've taken Ronnie's father. Not that he was ever on Clyde's side anyway, but yeah. you know, just that they have that instant right. flip like that. 
Luke. It's got you've got to go to Luke next. And they did. And then they took that away from us yeah. as well. I agree with you. The kids on the playground, maybe that was a little much. We needed to pad some time. But the scene with his mom was just heartbreaking because, yeah. I mean, Clyde's oh, had a rough, well, and then, <laughs> a rough upbringing anyway. And then later when you come back to those characters and they feel like something's missing and don't know what, that was heartbreaking to me, too. Yeah. yeah. Really powerful. So, and, and, and I think that's where this episode really good. works is not necessarily from the story element. But from the characterization, from the fact that once again they've given us these characters so that we care two about. Now we're we're counting two. Yeah, ten plot. <laughs> I didn't yeah. say that I would disagree. With that. <laughs> as, as you, I'm just marking my points here. Make sure as you, you point agree it out. With it's a truncated season. season. <laughs> the, 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 I I still think the idea behind this is very strong. I still think the plot overall, yes, is very strong. Despite the 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 totem, there's just a giant flaw in the. Plot. That is the, the that is the problem. Had, had they. Solve that issue. Well, it's a thin plot think, with some heavy elements, is what it yeah. is. Is all, all this well, yeah, story it's, is. It's there. And the heavy I, I, elements, I think, the heavy elements tend to outbalance the. the I don't think you can write this one off as a thin plot episode because it's so character driven. Because it is so character driven. It's a thin driven. story. Is, Let's put it that way. Because even that, I don't know that that necessarily does it justice. I mean, like I said, I agree with you. This isn't War and Peace. This isn't something that's going to win an Emmy for. I don't know. Maybe it did. Probably won a BAFTA for something because <laughs> everything wins BAFTA. Probably, probably not. Um, but we won a, a CBC BAFTA. Maybe the little ones. But the little ones. They're small. Little tiny faces. CBC. Um, but I mean, compared to Sky, or you know, some of the, other, the some of the Slovene episodes. Oh. Yeah, those those are those are <laughs> fluff. Apples to oranges. There, you know, that's fluff. This one's a lot heavier, not just in tone, oh, it, it, not just in character. This not is just the in that, this but is in the plot. heavier story, and and I, th- I think I think it's there. Yeah, it's got mm. a flaw, which is that totem thing. You got to find a way to around that to accept that. And once you do, then see, it's I shouldn't okay. have, I shouldn't have to. I agree with you. I agree well, with you. As, yeah. a, as a writer, they yeah. failed on putting that together. But because it was so character driven, I was willing to overlook that and say, okay, I'm I'm going along with this because I want to know. You know, I don't necessarily care how it happened. I want to know how they're going to fix it. Mm. That that's kind of where it left me. Right. One of the, one of the other things I loved about this story, I still don't like any better, but yeah, <laughs> was the moment that Clyde kind of reaches near the end, where he's like, "Well, if I'm going to be stuck here, I'm going to make the most of it." Where he's trying to figure out the best way to live, et cetera, et cetera. And it was in that moment that I realized why I like Clyde so much, is that he's an adapter, he survives, Mm -hmm. he's always ready to adjust as need be, where most kids would be so devastated that they're in the streets and in Cardboard City that... It'd be crippling. Yeah, and he's not crippled by it, and that's such a great moment for him, I thought. I thought the most heartbreaking moment wasn't when everybody was railing on him. The most heartbreaking moment was, was when he was... Oh yeah. When he was telling her that they could do that, you know, for a living, that would be what they would do. They could make money. He could uh, well, he could he, do artist he, renditions. He, he and sounds she kind could, of excited about it too. That was the most heartbreaking, and it wasn't because it wasn't what happens right after that. It was that moment because I thought, oh no, this is something that can't happen for you. And you're now finally finding your way. You're excited. You found this girl. And that was the most heartbreaking for me because I thought this is a future that will never be. Yeah. Because it was, I, it was obvious that it's that's kind of not going to happen. So that was even more heartbreaking to me than anything else in the story. I mean, they were all heartbreaking moments, but that one was when the worst. When you burned the comic, that was just the. <clears throat> and, and while they shipped Elliot out really quickly and not much explanation, well, there was an explanation, but really quickly, 
she was what grounded the entire story, I thought. She's what gave weight to everything he went through in Cardboard City uh, uh, as homeless. Yeah, I think in, he in, needed that character to show him the role. I think she's, she certainly was point. the anchor of the of the what he was going through. Yeah. I would agree with that. And that was the... I don't mind that she disappeared quickly because letting her... In that situation, letting her guard down and getting to the point where maybe it's okay to trust. Maybe this isn't going to happen again. And then she, I, I can just... I can see it that she comes back with well, coffee sense. and he's oh, gone. Yeah, it makes sense. And yeah. just... I, yeah, I understand you know, why. How, and it, but it was just how, how long did she spend searching for him? How many... Yeah. yeah. I just and, and so at that point, it's just like, I'm done. I'm out. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> and so... It, uh, it, and then it they makes went me, back looking for it. It was like... Uh, and that's another thing I loved about it was the fact that he went back looking for her. Yeah. yeah. He didn't just try to slide back into his old life. He, yeah. Yeah. But again, this illustrates why Clyde is this one of the best characters, one of the on, best this characters show on the show, from and probably the, the strongest. Really, I mean, because Sarah Jane, we've had, we we know what to expect from her. Clyde was a new element, and as the show's progressed, he's continually given us more and new and different, and just become a thing. And I kind of go back to what we said the last time. It was like, why can't why can't these kids travel with the doctor? Because I really Clyde think Matt Smith, such a good Matt Smith would have been so good with these kids. Oh, yeah. Um, another thing that I had a problem with was the idea, and then maybe this goes down to the, 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 the thin element of this totem, but it bothered me that nothing gave me the sense that there was this immediate urgency for Clyde to go with Sarah and Ronnie. Yes, he needed to, but yeah. didn't, I didn't feel the immediacy, well, I guess, immediacy for it. So I was bothered by the fact that I kept thinking, "You, he can wait around for five more minutes. There's not, The end of the world is not happening. And so I was kind of taken out of it there because I thought that seemed unrealistic that they would pull him away and he would feel the need to go with him immediately now to resolve whatever problem, that, you know, him coming back, the, the guy in the totem. I just, it didn't convey an immediacy to it. We knew it was happening. We knew it was going to happen, but it wasn't conveyed well enough. They needed at that, least a line of saying he's just about to be broken. Free. Exactly. I, I, got I needed that. that. I needed that. I, I, I totally. There was that. no. She, there they, was when, no sense when of that. he said, "I've got to wait," and they said, "There's no time because he's going to escape the totem. We've got to get back now." Because now that the curse is transferred to Clyde, the thing is maybe right, even and that's why we have maybe those even showing me well, going, but, but maybe and, even know. showing me another shot right before that would have at least given it more of a. An, a sense of immediacy. Immediacy? 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 Is that a word? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maturation. <laughs> Intimacy? Um, yeah. I'm ready to move on. I, just, I, just, I, I got that. I totally got that. The, the, that was the impossible situation that you've now been placed in, is that you have to go now or else the thing escapes, and at least the least, the least of your concerns, if he's roaming around London. I mean, like I say, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to... Yeah, I just round up some shamans and trap <laughs> him in the totem again. I'm not going to... Oh, wait. Sarah and the kids are the shaman in this one. I get it now. <laughs> I'm not going to dispute that there's a little Ghostbusters 2 action going on here. <laughs> that we've got to start Vigo the Carpathian for coming out of the painting. But, you know, everything else worked. Unlike Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> okay, next one. 
The man who never was. Joseph Surf has launched his new surfboard, the must-have computer that no one can resist owning. Everyone wants the brand new device, and why not? What could be so dangerous about a computer? Here's the problem with this is... This was a great way to use Sky. Because of circumstance... Well, yeah, Sky finally gets... Feel like I feel like she got utilized, even though she was kind of an important one but, in, in but the Clyde Langer's story, I, and that because one, she wasn't she she didn't suffer from the curse. I never got an understanding of why she didn't no, suffer from didn't, the curse either. either. This makes another, sense. There's why. another problem with that story. Um, the problem with this one is, and it was this they series said was that, a, that because she was. You no. guys need to go back and rewatch this story. They Sarah dropped a line about when when she wakes up out of it because. She's there. She makes the comment that the electromagnetic blah 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 of the totem, because of Sky's electric, that it was that it didn't affect her. She says that. I don't remember hearing yeah, electromagnetic. Yeah, I don't remember. I, heard electro, I don't remember I any techno babble there. About it was that. it was techno babble. It was totally techno babble. I'm not saying it was good techno babble, but it was there. <laughs> Probably at that point, I was ready to be done with the episode, so I might have been doing a lot of it out. Um, but the, the, this story, unfortunately. Because of circumstance is the last story of the season, and so the story is very lackluster. This is you have to admit this is a thin threads plot oh, right here. Yeah. And what, where you're, we're going to end the now, uh, yay to end the series on an up note, especially based on the fact that uh, that uh, uh, Elizabeth Sladen had died previous to this, well, yeah. but to the release. But on the flip side, it 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 just did. It almost needed more emotion or more weight to it for being the final episode that we were going to see ever of Sarah Jane, and it was of Sarah Jane Adventures, and it was just this kind of skim the surface story that the they that, were trying to have a lot of fun with. The thing that makes it a and little bit off Star Wars better that it's the final episode is the fact that Luke comes back for this story. I think if they had ended with no, the yeah, previous story where there. he wasn't there, oh, it feels so wrong. Yeah, I'm grateful he but was there. It kind of gives a little bit of a capstone to in, the in, series in, in, in general. In a, in a way, just, this, this is very much fluff. That there's there's nothing in this story that excited me, other than again the characters and Luke coming back really gave that sense of. Despite the fact that we kind of had Clonny stuck over here on the sidelines for a little bit, of, that we were finally getting some of that family interaction. With, with with the Smiths, that was that was cool. the only thing missing was canine. Yeah, really. You know, and again, yeah, at we, least we got some yeah. references. We, we 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 had a nice. Okay, he, he's doing something important. And he's backing up a library. All right, it's kind of like stopping a black hole from consuming a galaxy. Right. All right, he's <laughs> not in this one. Quick way to write him out. But at least they mentioned it. You know. Yeah. But but that was kind of it. The rest of it uh, is, you know, there's a robot or hologram or something, I don't know, and then there's Jawas and Dan Starkey, yay. And I don't care. I did like the end, the end, end, end. And the speech? The speech, which mm-hmm. was tacked on, but felt tacked well, on in very much the same way that Sylvester's speech at the end of Survival. Walking into the. Where somewhere in the universe the tea's getting yeah. cold. Let's go. There's work to do, and the fact that they end that with the story continues. And I, I, I like the fact that this is one of those things that we are never ever. I, I had said earlier that I kind of wanted them to address it, and I have completely changed my mind. I don't ever <laughs> want them to address 
Sarah Jane's dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I would agree. On any of the shows. And it ended I, on it, that, it just, that note that, 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 that sealed everything up yes. nicely and said, this story goes on forever. Yeah. Well, it sets it up that they could even do novels or something if they wanted to continue the story. Sure. I don't think they will. I don't think they will no, either, but they could. Yeah, it leaves it open for I don't know that it... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd almost be okay if they novelized the remaining three stories that they had written. One of them apparently Just was rewritten. It was re- the ideas were repurposed for, for Wizards uh, Wizard, vs. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's why I don't think any of this will ever be used again, even in a novel form, is because I think everybody even if involved, they skipped that episode, I think everybody involved yeah. in that though has been kind of they've all moved on. Yeah, they have. But yeah, it, it just it just gave it that nice little and here's the bow, here's the cherry on top, and you're done. And I can put that in the box and put it back on my shelf in my mental cabinet and leave it there because mm-hmm. I don't want to take it down again. <laughs> it's just too, too painful. So yeah, uh, that that was a really really nice way to do it. But the story was I, okay. So I mean, I liked again. There were elements of it. We're dealing with slavery. That's kind of a heavy thing. I'll tell you, it's it, we're not doing it for any world domination. We're just doing it for money. Okay, that's kind of cool. It's refreshing. I always appreciate if that. This had been even though it is a fairly common. It thing. seems like in it anymore, this yeah. show, especially because yeah. the Celine were always about money. Yeah, and so. It's kind of nice that this wasn't a Slovene episode. Yeah. Because it easily could have been. It easily could have been. If this would just been an average mid-season episode, it probably, yeah. I probably could have found myself enjoying it a little more, even though it still wouldn't, it didn't have any more <laughs> it plot been, to it. But it would have been more of adequate. Well, that was a nice episode. break, you know, in the season yeah. to kind of just have a fun one in the middle. This would have been a good one between the, you know, the next Trickster episode and <laughs> and, and Clyde. This yeah, would have been a nice right. upbeat exactly. To, exactly. to do that. but Which is probably what it was intended for, so... Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, I can't say much more about it because it was just kind of a their story. Yeah, I had fun with 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 Sarah Jane in the interview. Yeah. That, that she was being so obvious. obvious. <laughs> I, all along, I kept thinking that is so dangerous too because you don't know yeah. how dangerous any of these men could be. And I really thought there'd be more people involved. I didn't realize it was just going to be that PR guy. Well, he wasn't really PR. He was really the mastermind guy the at guy. all. But it, I didn't expect that. And I, I did like the fact that Clyde gets the pen away from him. And, and there's that, yay, okay, everything's okay. And then the guy comes back over when Ronnie's got it. And she takes it back and says, that's my pen. You know, I was like... Uh oh. <laughs> so I did appreciate. Now all of a sudden we we've that. taken this left turn into. I thought I knew where you were yeah. going, <laughs> and now I don't. And now all the cute little Jawas are in danger again. Big forehead. What they look like underneath that. Uh, <laughs> What's with the two flashlight eyes then? <laughs> well, these ones were wearing the uh, uh, the uh, welding goggles. Welding so I now now I have the impression when you're on Tatooine with two sons. It's the reflection of the suns and the <laughs> welding goggles. <laughs> Does that work for you, Sean? I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I mean, it's too light-like, you know, circular. It's 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 not it's not very organic. So in Star Wars, sure. that's always bothered me. Yeah. So now now we know it works. You should you should, you should post a picture. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I figured it out. Got it. Um. Clyde and Ronnie. Clyde? 
Kalani, <laughs> have the best moments in this episode, which was, again, kind of unfortunate that this is the one that we're going out on, but at the same time, it, it, it kind of... Because their relationship has reached this stage where there's this bickering old couple. <laughs> they're married. They're trying to sneak into the place. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> just, I buy that. Well, and I, I also like the idea that I've always... I, I don't believe I'm going to say this because I've always... I've hated this term, but I ship right. <laughs> yes, I just said that. I think I'm that, glad I'm not I the think, only one. I actually. think they have a relationship. I think it's more than just a friendship, and I think they've been developing that over the years. And I think they that was another thing. More if that was another thing. On. Yeah, that's another thing that sort of bothered me about the Clyde story. Although I understand why they went there, um, because they were they were developing something. Because I mean, when Ronnie attacked him the way she did, that was. It for him. That was it. Was done after after he had you know uh, that probably tore him apart more than anything. Yeah. And to have their relationship from go there, even though he still suspected something was wrong, but I could kind of see him going off that direction. And I think she was falling more in love with him than she than he was uh, the the girl. The what's her Ellie. name? Ellie. Ellie yeah. was falling more in love with him than she was her, or than he was her. But that was a little unsettling to me because I kept thinking, no, you're supposed to be with Ronnie. <laughs> you're supposed to be with Ronnie. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't kiss her. You know, I was just, which it's totally unlike me. But uh, so yeah, so I, I really like the Clyde. To the heart of the matter, is I why like, Glenn didn't like uh, it. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> no, I really liked the Clyde, like the Clony part in this, and and I, I thought that that was it. Yeah, just like you said, I think that was another thing that they probably would have developed a little more, at least given us a little more. And this one was that just that glimmer of what's to come so maybe i maybe i can just be happy in the fact that the story goes on forever so in my head canon they get together and happily married yes. years from now he becomes the new writing, headmaster at the school right <laughs> no they're writing for a i think they decided hey that's not a bad idea we will write for an elderly magazine <laughs> she does want to be a journalist Fresh new look. She can be a journalist. Oh, that was the other thing. It's, little, it's geriatric. Well, yeah, they're the ones least likely. <laughs> and that was the genius of this: that she comes up with the plan, and she, you know, she she's got it all worked out. She's got the plan. She's got Mr. Smith on the case. She's got the fake ID. She's boom, 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 boom. Look at this regimented. I'm on this. Clyde comes in the room. Go get something nice on. Her. And he turns around and leaves without questioning her. Okay. <laughs> so they're already in this relationship. He comes back. They get the thing. They go to the the thing, and then all of her machinations fail miserably. And Clyde and it's up the to Clyde reason to be why. the one to go. Da, 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 and man of action his way the, in to steal the, the pen. The uh, go-to guy in that sense, you know. And so they're just so perfectly balanced. This, this is such <laughs> a wonderful bit with them. I would agree. I wish that it would have been something a little more important than a surfboard and a hologram. <laughs> yeah, and intergalactic slavery. Jawas. <laughs> I do kind of like the idea that there is this. Alien slavering on Earth, and that yeah, we know. It just it's it's just out there. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I, I in a way I kind of like that. That's this back door that you know now that it's been exposed on Sarah Jane Adventures, you could take it in Torchwood and do a proper you know, <laughs> do a proper story with it or something. But I just I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, just, everything else was a little me. I would agree. Any final thoughts on this uh, fifth season as a whole? I don't think we should tackle the 
Uh, the girls made mention of it. Goodbye, Bannerman Road. Goodbye, Bannerman Road. I think we'll we'll touch on a little bit next okay. week when we do our memoriam. That's, that's all right with everybody. Which um, the, Goodbye, Bannerman Road is good is different than My Sarah Jane. Yeah, yeah. I did see that. There are two. I have, I there are two the, different. I watched the Goodbye. Uh, see, I, I I watched the Goodbye Sarah Jane back when it came out long ago. And then I, I watched this one and went, yeah. oh, yeah, there's a lot of different. There are similar, similar, similar elements yeah. to it and some similar clips, but there are different elements. I haven't watched this one yet, but I stupidly went ahead and watched the. <laughs> did, did anybody tear up a little bit at the end with the, the speech and the saying? I did a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. We're ending on a sad <laughs> Well, <laughs> next week we are, we're not. Going to be All the 10, 10 o'clock, o'clock news. news. We're not going to be the 10 o'clock news. We, it's a celebration. We, we, we already did the 10 o'clock news podcast when, when, when she passed. We're going to be the celebration of her life. We're going to rejoice and we're becoming high off of Scorby. So that, that's an automatic, <laughs> you know, Sarah Jane and Scorby. Um, there'll be a lot of squealing Scorby just to bring us back. Just to, yeah. <laughs> Expect that. So earmuffs for those of you that listen with earbuds. <laughs> what else is on the schedule, Sean? Uh, well, as mentioned, Friday Night Who, uh, again, back on Fridays. We will be finishing up Seeds of Doom, um, which 4, 5, and 6, and a lot more Scorby and Tom Baker and Sarah Jane, and he's about to dive through the window and save her from the mutant plant. <laughs> <laughs> I was so angry when that's I was like, oh, yeah, that's where this one ends. <laughs> Man. You wanted to go on. <laughs> I was ready to go on. I almost threw it out there. But like, oh, I'm going to do that. Um, and then our show next week, we will be uh, kind of covering the whole of the Sarah Jane adventures. And or not the whole of the Sarah Jane adventures, but Elizabeth all Slayton. of Sarah Jane's adventures, all, all, all of all Sarah of Jane's <laughs> adventures. We're discussing a lot of Liz Slayton, and uh, I'm sure we can b- get Keith to break into uh, a few bars of Canine and Company. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that should be the theme song for next week. No, it should, no, it should not. <laughs> it's not a canine. Been there, done that. Um, and then the following week. Uh, we kind of start a whole month of Big Finish audios. So there's a lot of audio on the schedule for, for the rest of July. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, Friday night through the following week is... Did uh, you hear that, Big Finish? I'm catching <laughs> we're up catching on up. you. Uh, we're going to rewatch Silver Nemesis because I think it's time for Lady Fancy Pants to make her return. Yeah. And then uh, uh, we will have our... It's the seventh month, so we haven't done our seventh Doctor, seventh doctor celebration yet. So we will be doing... Big Finish Audio Mainline number 36, The Rapture, which has Sylvester McCoy in it, and the seventh ebook, The Ripple Effect. Uh, and then the last one of the month is Peter Davidson in Resurrection of the Daleks, because I have to balance the two of you out. If I give Keith a Cyberman episode, I've got to give Glenn a Daleks episode. <laughs> hadn't occurred to me. Oh, it didn't me. Uh, but I own Silver Nemesis, but not really <laughs> Resurrection of the Daleks. Can you believe that? And then um, If All Goes Well. That week we will be covering the launch of the new Titans. We'll be fresh off Doctor Who Comic Day and the new Titans uh, 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 comics, along with uh, Big Finish number 39, The Church and the Crown, which I forget which Doctor that is. I think that's the sixth Doctor one. Or no, that's the fifth Doctor. That's why we did Babe Davison. It's the fifth Doctor one. So we'll watch him, and then you'll get to listen to him, or vice versa. And uh, more things to come. Uh, the schedule is posted and corrected. Keith like caught musicals. me in a... Musicals are coming. Musicals, musicals are coming. Are coming. <laughs> Should we cover other music? Okay. So then uh, the following week... Well, we got 7-5, and now the following week we'll have... The following week we're going to do Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester McCoy. We're going to do William Hartnell in the Space Museum. 
and then we will be reviewing the Space Museum, because we've not watched that one yet, along with Doctor Who and the Pirates. <laughs> two, um... I know, I couldn't get them any further this part. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, this is good. Really? Oh, yeah. They're two very quaint stories. <laughs> and I think they're love it or hate it stories as well. And so it'll be interesting. I know where I fall down on them both. Um, it'll be interesting to find out where everybody else does. Well, then I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, two, they're two totally different stories, but they all they both have this um, quality, lightness. This, 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 s- they stretch the bounds of Doctor Who slightly. Does that make sense? Both of them do, in their own ways. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking the Space Museum is the right thing. I think so. Okay. Maybe I'll double check with you for sure after, but I, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm sure. I mean, it's been it's so long since I've seen Let's it. Let's put it this way: Does um, show up in this museum? Yes, I okay, think. Okay, then, uh, yes. then yes. These are <laughs> again very, very quaint. Maybe maybe even the word might be slightly kooky. <laughs> These were paired well. I can't believe the serendipity has struck again, John. <laughs> Uh, and then kind of ran Can we move those up? Do those next week? No. <laughs> <laughs> make you suffer Darn. through all the rest of it. Um, the eighth month for uh, getting into August, we'll be doing Doctor Who the movie. Why not? Really? <laughs> so we are fourth Friday night. The fourth Friday night here with it. And we then, really uh, like the movie. We, yeah, we do really like the movie. I try and say, it was October of last year, so it's been almost a year. But uh, and then uh, we'll be doing uh, the eighth Doctor Month celebration with uh, Big Finish Audio Number One Hundred and One. Absolution, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the capstone story of a certain sequence of events with Miss Charlotte Parlod, hmm. and begins the split where Paul McGann was no longer part of the main range, and they did the Eighth Doctor Adventures. So you know that moment you've been waiting for where you kept saying, I can't wait to listen to the Eighth Doctor Adventures, and I've been saying, I can't wait for you guys to listen to the Eighth Doctor Adventures? We're almost there. Trust me, it'll make more sense when we get to it. No, 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 no. I know what you're saying. Some stuff that I've read recently gave me the impression that there's more than that. That there's about three more stories. Spoilers. Okay. Um, where was it? Oh, and, and the eighth uh, ebook, Spore. And then, something you might want to get on, I don't know, depending on how far out you want to go with this, uh, August 15th, we're going to do David Tennant, in Human Nature, Family Blood, and our 190th episode, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to cover the similarities and differences between the television episode Human Nature and the New Adventures novel Human Nature that it was based on. I'm so, excited to read that. So you should start reading that if not. But to keep in mind, obviously, we've got the big finish in there first. And then, obviously, the wait is over, and we'll do Time of the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> on 823 uh, followed by our review of Deep Breath I'm going to be there when Keith watches it this time yeah. I own it so you're going to have to come over here Okay. Yeah, he's not going to go out I don't own it yet So. <laughs> <laughs> alright anything else so that was a long to... schedule update anything else fixed. we need to talk to before we wrap this show up once again thanks for listening yep. alright well if that's going to do it for this week until next week I'm Glenn I'm Sean I'm Keith cheers Curious if this app is downloaded yet. Can I install this? Be seeing you. Good night, everybody.
have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.